but there's consequences to not standing up to stupid rules too. And if you think that those consequences are lesser, then you suffer from the delusion that there's an easy path through life. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Business as usual at the United Nations on Tuesday as the U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres proved once again that the institution is a one-sided joke when it comes to Israel. After quote-unquote condemning the Hamas attacks of October 7th, which killed over 1,400 Israelis in the most brutal of ways, he was quick to add this disclaimer. It is important to also recognize the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. They have seen their land steadily devoured by settlements and plagued by violence. Their economy stifled, their people displaced, and their homes demolished. Their hopes for a political solution to their plight have been vanishing. Almost immediately, the Israeli ambassador to the UN tweeted, the UN Secretary General who shows understanding for the campaign of mass murder of children, women, and the elderly is not fit to lead the UN. I call on him to resign immediately. Fat chance. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Be sure to listen to my show Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT Radio. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform, that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans. That's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. New California wants a new state. They're going to use the West Virginia model and get it done. I'm behind them 100%. Tyler, Amen. thank you so much for being here. We could talk for hours. We've got to get you back soon. Stay, stay, stay close, you, my friend. God bless Absolutely. you. Man. God bless you. Thank you. Great day. of this hour go to episodes at tntradio.live now tnt radio news for tnt radio news this is james o'neill a hamas spokesman suggested sunday that the terror organization could kill all of the presumed 137 hostages in its custody if israel does not accede to its demands it's not clear if hamas would deliver on that threat the hostages are the only leverage that hamas has over israel and it uses them as human shields The Hamas leaders in exile would also likely to preserve the hostages alive to ensure that Israel negotiates with them, rather than killing them as it has promised to do eventually. Hamas has tried to use the deaths of individual hostages to deter Israeli military action before. The new threat could be a sign that Israel's military pressure is working, forcing Hamas to make sensational threats to survive. In New Zealand, over 500 electric vehicles produced in China by Great Wall Motor are being recalled due to a software issue. The specific model affected is the 2023 GWN Aura, which requires a software upgrade. This recall follows a similar action in Australia, where the same model was recalled because of a programming issue that could potentially cause an electric arc, posing a risk of injury or death. 
Sean Tupp, the national sales manager for GWN in New Zealand, stated in the publication EVs and Beyond that 523 EVs in the country are part of this international recall. Tupp mentioned that a recall campaign will be initiated through the National Dealership Network as soon as all necessary information is received from the manufacturer. A notice on the New Zealand Transport Agency website indicates that the Aura 2023 models produced between January 11th and September 13th of this year are included in the recall. In central Mexico, a violent confrontation between members of a well-known drug cartel and inhabitants of a small farming community resulted in 14 fatalities, including the cartel leader. Seven additional people were injured and are receiving medical treatment for their wounds. A video circulated on social media captures the intense scene from Friday, showing villagers, some in cowboy hats and armed with sickles and hunting rifles, engaging with suspected gang members amidst heavy gunfire. The incident took place about 80 miles southwest of Mexico City. Authorities confirmed that among the deceased, 10 were associated with the notorious Familia Michoacana drug cartel. This includes the group's leader, known by the nickname Four casualties were residents of the village, a region long dominated by the cartel. Footage from the event shows the assailants dressed in military-style uniforms, some wearing helmets. Following the confrontation, villagers reportedly set the bodies and vehicles of the attackers on fire. Australian intelligence agencies are anticipating the creation of a highly confidential intelligence cloud system. This advanced cloud technology is intended to monitor Chinese submarines and facilitate data sharing with Australia's AUKUS partners, which include the United Kingdom and the United States. The design intelligence collection systems of the UK and the US. While this development is not directly part of the initial information sharing framework established under AUKUS, it aligns with the broader objectives of the alliance. AUKUS is a trilateral security partnership concentrating on the Indo-Pacific region, and its Pillar 2 emphasizes jointly developing advanced capabilities, which supports and justifies its extension of policy. Speaking at a recent think tank event, Andrew Shearer, Australia's Director General of National Intelligence, said, We're working very hard on the Top Secret Cloud Initiative, where we're hoping we'll be in a position to take that initiative forward. Mr. Shearer stressed the cloud system will help Australia learn strategic partners, but a uniform approach and transparency is vital, so advances in AI-influenced data are shared between AUKUS partners. This has been James O'Neill with your TNT News Brief. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. Thank you, James. It is now just gone five, ooh, just gone five o'clock. Gosh, was that coming out? I don't know if it was or not. Uh, let's see. Is everything switched on? Yes, it is. It looks like it is. Yes, just gone five past five. Good morning. Uh, welcome to the program. For great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts, the TNT Shop is now open at TNTRadio.live. This is the Liberty NZ Breakfast. Ah, is it? Oh, jolly good. Oh, can't see. Can't see Would you call yourself a socialist? Uh, no. You've never told a lie in politics? No, no. See, somebody sent me a video action. The socialist moved, it was called, and you mentioned the word comrade uh, about four times in a minute. What was that about? It was a rally, and I would have been about 25 years old. Comrade, 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 comrade. That was in 2009.
misleading the New Zealand public. How would you expect to be held to account? Well, I actually believe that it is possible to exist in politics without lying. We drum in that messaging around the dangers of COVID pretty diligently for a full two-week period of sustained propaganda. Sustained propaganda. Yes, that's right. Well, look, good morning, everybody. I hope everything's uh, coming through loud and clear. It seems to be. Uh, Gosh, I've been having all sorts of trouble. And so sorry to those people that have been getting chopped off the stream. That's been happening uh, all morning, actually. So I think it's all all right. Just seems to it went for 84 hours nonstop. And then all of a sudden, sometime between sort of, um, I don't know, midnight and um, three o'clock, it sort of stopped. I'm not sure when that happened. Anyway, it just stopped and now it's um, started again. So seems to be okay. Uh, Okay, well, let's check out the weather, shall we? First of all, the weather's just come through just a few moments ago and we've got um, extreme temperatures now. Kaikoura Airport, 16.4 degrees. That's pretty warm for this time of the morning. That's Kaikoura is down on the west coast. Between Blenheim and Christchurch, just not far, not far further, not too far from Blenheim actually, down on the uh, west coast, is it? Uh, no, east coast, I should say. The east coast of the South Island, getting mixed up with my east and west today, aren't I? Masterton, pretty cool there actually, Masterton, I was telling John Ansel how cold it is there. 12 degrees in Wellington and 5 degrees in Masterton, that's pretty chilly. The windiest place to be right now is uh, Castle Point and it's really fair old piping through there, it's um, gusting probably probably 45 knots there, 81 kilometres per hour, and Hokitika is the wettest with just 1.6 millimetres of rain. The short forecast for northern to Waitomo, also for Taupo, including the Bay of Plenty, fine and cloudy periods, isolated showers mainly in the west, for Taranaki to Kapiti, including Taihapi, cloudy periods, scattered showers developing this morning, clearing from Taramanui and northern Taranaki in the evening. For Gisborne and Wairarapa, and also for the Manawatu and Wellington, fine at first, showers spreading north from midday, with hail and thunderstorms possible, and then clearing from the south during the evening. For Nelson, Marlborough and Canterbury, showers spreading north this morning, possibly heavy in the east, and then clearing in Nelson and inland Marlborough, and Canterbury later in the day. For Buller and Westland, showers possibly heavy this morning and then clearing Westland from the afternoon. Fjordan, frequent showers. For Otago and Southland, showers clearing, central Otago in the afternoon and northern Otago at night. And finally for the Chathams, showers this afternoon with thunderstorms possible as well. It's uh, ten past, is it? No, nine past. I'm still early, aren't I? Still early, naughty, and I didn't, when over on Rumble, I didn't put the TNT thingy-me-jiggy-me over there. I've been having a bit of a fiddle. I've been fiddling, haven't I? And today, yesterday, what I did was very busy. A uh, busy boy, I built a, I put some poster, rammed some posts in with the tractor and the, and the post rammer. I think that's what you call it. And um, I put four big heavy strainer posts in. 2.4 they are high, so what's that, 8 feet? And I bashed them at about 600, so they're now standing at about 1.8. That's 6 foot. And um, so then what I'll do is I'll, I'll put some bearers through there, bolt them on, and just have a slight slope. And then I'll put some rafters up on top of those bearers. And then I'll put some corrugated iron. Oh, I better tell you what this is about. This is going over top of one of the troughs. And it's not too far from where my my wee cabin is, so I'm able to keep an eye on it. And that's going to be my medication trough, where I give the animals all the doses of homeopathic remedies that they need. And also, I put some other things in there as well, just to help them along with 
you know, uh, bits and pieces. I'll be able to um, give them some minerals, that sort of thing. I might do some salt licks as well, but um, yeah, I've got I've got those on coming. I've, normally I have them, but I've run out. But uh, I'll be putting things in the water. There's very something about the water. Uh, you need to study homeopathy to know about that. But I will be giving the animals some. Uh, as soon as I finish this thing, and I hope to get most of it done today, but probably uh, Wednesday, uh, by Wednesday afternoon, I should have it all done, and it's going to um, going to be I'm going to be, the first dose after I've cleaned it all out is going to be um, Ledum palustra. That's what it's going to be. Uh, okay, let's uh, go over to uh, news and see what's uh, happening there. I'll be right back in just a moment. When I come back, I'll have uh, news from Radio New Zealand. <coughs> No, we don't want uh, you. I don't know what you're doing up there. Uh, Try this chap here. Muslims do not love other Muslims. No. They have no love for them. They have no love for the Palestinian peoples. None. If they had any, the Jordanians would have taken in the West Bank Palestinians. The Egyptians would have taken in the, 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 the territory they used to run, the Gaza, and own the Gaza. And they would have taken in the Palestinians from the Gaza. Why have the Egyptians made sure that not one uh, Palestinian is allowed to leave Gaza? Why, why do they make sure that their border wall is tough as anything? What do they mind? One thing, Jews living. Jews living and Jews winning. It hits mm. them deep in their soul, in their psyche. It's an ancient, ancient hatred. Perhaps mm. the most ancient among the monotheisms. Yes. And uh, the deepest and the ugliest, the nastiest. And the one that has been least addressed. And we've imported it. We have. We have imported it. We've done the same here. We've imported it here. And it's going to be trouble. There will be trouble. 12 past five. And thank you very much for joining me here over at the Liberty NZ Breakfast. And um, still can't hear a thing coming up the microphone. So I've got no idea whether we're going or not. I suppose we are. Okay. Uh, looking at... Oh, it's over at the Hield, actually. We'll have a quick look at the Hield instead of um, Radio New Zealand this morning. And we'll just have a look at the front page uh, headline, shall we? Pacifica Health leader quits uh, government roles, in all of them actually, citing no confidence in the government. There we are. Te Papa, that's the New Zealand Library that's held in Wellington. Te Papa is to uh, think about future displays of the Treaty of Waitangi after defacing. Uh, apparently 12 people have been arrested for defacing the Treaty of Waitangi. Terrible, naughty people. Don't know who they would be. They'll probably be, it'll probably be uh, right-wing extremists, I suppose. I don't know. Who knows what they'll be? Could be lefties. Who knows? They do all that strange stuff. I've got no idea who that will be. I guess we could find out. Oh, let's see if they'll let me read it. Sometimes they don't. They want me to pay money to read it. Uh, no, it says I can. Twelve people have been arrested in protest today. That was yesterday in Wellington at the Tapapa, which is the, what did I say it was? It was the museum. Uh, what does T mean? The, the dad, the, the father, in which a man abseiling from the roof of the museum uh, he defaced the Treaty of Waitangi exhibition using the power tool and spray paint. A power tool. Police spokesman told the Herald that the protester used an angle grinder. Good grief, you halfwit. Uh, to, and spray paint the uh, out parts of the exhibition. Uh, it is one of several. Now, it's not actually the genuine. Um, it looks like a woman, actually. It's a pretty, yeah, it's a woman. It's a flipping woman. There, she's got saggy, saggy triceps. And she's got a... a power tool, alright, she certainly has, she's got a helmet on, and she sort of looks like she's someone special, but it's not the original one, it's just a it's just a, um, it's a giant uh, one, so there's nothing to, nothing too much to worry about, they'll better fix that up there, it's, you know, more money for someone to go and fix I suppose. 
Now, what else does it say about them? A group of protesters entered the the library at about four um, of the museum, I should say, at about four, uh, level four, at midday and began defacing parts of the exhibition. And uh, police will provide an update on the number of those arrested, or apparently it was 12, and they've been charged with uh, charges faced later in the afternoon. The protesters are part of a group called Te Waka Haurua, Te Waka Haurua, which was previously called for the uh, Te Papa to take down the English version of the treaty eyes. And what left, left us following the protest, Prime Minister Christopher Luxon weighed in, saying protest should not include defacing property at the National Museum. Absolutely. These are lefties, you see, that are doing this. Um, and she's a European-looking, um, pale-looking woman. Doesn't look like a married man to me. She just looks like a flipping halfwit. You know, you should go home and clean your house for your husband. That's what, if, you, if you've got one, go home and clean the house. And get get in behind the stove and make sure that's nice and tidy as well. See, there we are, some half-witted um, people there. Um, one of them's a woman there, just gone nutty. There's something wrong up to, up top. Probably needs some needs a bit of beef, I think, to eat some meat. It makes your brain think a bit better. Now, the national-led government is ready for three years of Maori-led protest, are they? Are they? I don't know. I hope not. Uh, the honeymoon barely kicked in for the national-led government, and now we've got the Maoris protesting up and down the country. Now, uh, what else have we got here? Um, ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Yeah, our son is jailed for savagely treating... Uh, rather beating, gosh, uh, beating the Kiwi mum to death in Melbourne Ooh, in a drug-fueled rage. That's what happens probably on the P. Uh, and the mayor, mayor of Auckland, Mr Brown, he is irate at Auckland Council's $7.4 million recruiting spend uh, for hiring people, and he's put a freeze on that. And a $1.2 billion central interceptor wastewater, uh, that's the wastewater pipe faces uh, cost blowout, $1.2 billion. Good grief. Now, and what else have we got here? A big shock. A Kiwi mum has been... Uh, she, that's right. Yeah, that's the same story we read before. She's been killed. In politics, Ardern Enigma. Dennis Welch on why so many New Zealanders turned so quickly on our most popular leader in recent times. And that's sort of a, an opinion piece, so go over and have a look at that. Also, gang-related disorder before man's death in Huakatani leads to homicide investigation. And in business, why this man? Which man is that? I wonder. Oh, I'm going to have to go click on it. We'll forget about that. Who's interested in business? Oh, I suppose you are. Well, if you are, you can go over to the Herald. Let's uh, look at New Zealand. What else have we got here? Parliament opening. Oh, the opening speech. Yes. Now, let's... Uh, no, hang on. We're all, I'm all over the show now. Let's me let me see. Got a bit lost. Let's stick. Let's go over to New Zealand Herald and the uh, front page there for New Zealand Herald. Sir Colin Tukui Tonga he resigns as Tiwata or a Pacific Senate Senate Chair, citing no confidence in the government. And one of New Zealand's most prominent Pacific Health leaders says that he has no confidence in the government after stepping down from almost all of his uh, everyday advisory roles, and. Assisted dying, two years on, uh, is access equal for everyone? Terminally ill patients, well, they should be just keeping them alive, not trying to kill them. There's a bit of a death cult. There's some weird people involved in that assisted living, uh, assisted uh, killing, I should say. (laughs) They call it assisted dying. It's assisted flipping murder, if you ask me. The Bible says you're not supposed to take your own life in your your own hands, well, your life in your own hands. Uh, um, God determines when you come and when you go. And uh, there it is. There now we've got an author here, author and playwright Renee. She dies age eighty-four. Renee only started writing seriously after her she turned fifty, using her first name as the only one she would use. And um, how do you keep young teens occupied and out of trouble? 
this summer holidays, oh, well, it's a bit difficult when both mum and dad are working. But in the holidays, I suppose, well, you're there with them, aren't you? Keep an eye on them. Most teenagers in year nine and ten, uh, they start the long summer school holidays this week. And, uh, oh, they do, and you'll still be at work, I suppose. Um, and how do you keep them busy? Blah, blah, blah. And New Zealand's extremely quiet at the COP28, the COP, the COP28, Indigenous expert says. A climate expert. Oh, he's an expert on climate, is he? Yes, well, he's got some bad some bad science there. I tell you what, because we're not, the, the climate is not affected by us. One jot. There's plenty of people all around the world, but they're not on the gravy train. These people uh, aren't being paid by the um, whoever it is, the weirdos uh, that are in the deep state or whoever, it, whatever it is. Uh, there's obviously, yes, they want they want to tax us more. It's it's very good, very clever, really, isn't it? That's how the world government is going to be taxed by, uh, ta- by, by sorry, that's going to be financed by taxing us. Climate expert. Anyway, let's look at the heading. Climate experts. Uh, attending the fourth World Climate Summit says New Zealand has been usually quiet this year. Good. Yeah, well, it is. But I see that Peter's, not Peter's, um, Luxon, actually even Peter's as well, he was he was talking about reaffirming the uh, commitment to, um, uh, you know, climate change. Uh, let's look at that story there. And Winston Peter's, he, uh, he gave a speech yesterday, Foreign Minister Winston Peter's, he has affirmed New Zealand's commitment to defend the uh, and modernise multilateralism in the, his speech to diplomats. That was last night. The speech laid out how the new government's approach to foreign policy at Parliament, and um, he said that he's, he thanks the New Zealand diplomatic corps for the role they played in New Zealand and overseas. In the speech, Peters said that the new coalition government appreciated their commitment, particularly for small and developing countries, and particularly in the South Pacific region or the Pacific region. But they held no illusions about the current challenging international conditions. He said the international environment was clouded by heightened strategic tensions and heightened levels of disruption and risk. And they say here, this is not a quote, but this is what the RNZ say. They say. Uh, pointing to the situation in Gaza, but I don't know if that's actually quite uh, right. That's just what what they might be thinking, because he didn't say that. The illegal, unjustified invasions and ongoing aggression we are witnessing around the world, he says globe, uh, around the world, I would say. Peter said that uh, as such complex and challenging time at this time, the uh, the government more than ever recognised the need to collaborate and would be putting more energy and urgency into its international relationships, prosperity and security. He says smaller states tend to be judged by the strength and even temperature of their major power relationships. But he also said that it is not how we see these relationships. We judge our relationships with the United States or the European Union or China or India and Japan or with South America, for example, by what we can achieve together. I don't know, it's all just gobbledygook, isn't it? Just written by someone else and he's just reading it. The New Zealand, uh, he said New Zealand was committed to strengthening the Indo Pacific region. It's Indonesia, is it? Indo Pacific region. region. Uh, the architecture of rules and norms. See, I can't believe that he would write This is not him. He didn't talk this way. Uh, both to maximise. This will be written by the deep state people, the people at. Um, uh, in his office, I suppose he was speechwriters. They were speechwriters, don't they? They're just pu- they're just bloody puppets, really. If you think about it, aren't they? Just like puppets on a string. <laughs> oh, I should I should drag that song out. Actually, uh, he said New Zealand would rather invest the in, in strengthening the institutions which help to manage conflict 
then face false choices between bilateral relationships. Uh, Peters went on to say that you should expect to see New Zealand continue to strengthen its Pacific partnerships by listening uh, and by working. Why don't you listen to the people about the vax jab? Why don't you say something about Barry Young? What's all this about? Why are you so... Why are you, Everyone's just ignoring that it's happening. The whole world, it's all over the world. It's been on every major... It's been on huge networks all over the world. But here we are here in New Zealand. It's all quiet. All quiet on the, on the, on the Western Front, down, way down in silly old New Zealand. In this little um, Pacific paradise, it's just a we're just full, it's a fool's paradise, really, when you think about it. He said this country would also vigorously refresh engagement with Australia and the United States, Canada and the United Kingdom, as well as increasing focus on Asia, including Indo, our enemies, our future enemy will be Asia, <laughs> gosh, including India and the Southwest. Asia, why don't you why don't you deal with um, uh, Argentina? They've got a really good um, right wing. Our new leader there. What about him? Um, that'd be good. Yeah, let's do that. They're just across the ditch, aren't they? Just across the Pacific, not too far to go. He says that we will continue, this is Peters, he said we will continue to support and defend the international rules-based system that reflects our values and supports our interests, and we will also target multilateral engagements on key international and transboundary issues. Oh, God, he doesn't, this is not him. This is rubbish. Absolute rubbish. It's just all gobbledygook, isn't it? Just all I mean, political rubbish. Now, iwi. Iwi flies. In this, now, the iwi means tribe. So tribe files for urgent tribunal hearing on the government's Maori language. According, and they're, going, they're filing with the Treaty of Waitangi. I guess that is the Waitangi tribe, Tribunal. Now, a Taronga-based tribe has made an urgent claim to the Waitangi Tribunal accusing the government of attacking Maori culture and language. Uh, Ngātai Te Rangi Settlement Trust says the, that National Act New Zealand First Coalition is breaching Article 2 of the treaty by failing to protect Te Reo Māori. Let me see if I can find that for you. I'll be back in a moment. I'll just kind of dig around and see if I can find that Article 2, and we can have a read of it for ourselves. Here's Melanie Phillips, and uh, what else have we got? We've got Dennis Prager. That should give me enough always Sorry, that should give me enough time. Anti-Semitism has always been present. And um, we'd better find out what the time is too. It's 25 minutes past five, and here's Melanie Phillips. Anti-Semitism has always been present, always will be present. But in a society which is healthy, it's kept right under the rug. It's kept under control. It's regarded with derision and disdain. It's stigmatized. It's kept down. That's a healthy society. That's a society that wants to live. A society which has turned on itself, which has turned against reason itself, which has turned against decency, is a society where anti-Semitism roars out unchecked and that's what we have and that's one of the most one of the single most alarming things i think about western society at the moment that the anti-semitism that is engulfing these societies doesn't isn't just in itself despicable and awful and dangerous and horrible it's a signal that this society is going over the cliff gaza starts a war to kill as many israelis as possible and all you see on the BBC and Sky News, as we see in America on our TV, is dead Gazans. That's all you see. I shudder to think if in World War II, the same media covered World War II 
you would have seen far more dead German civilians than dead British civilians. But it takes a very, very frail moral mind to believe that you determine right and wrong by the number of dead. That's what we are told. Look at how many Gazans were killed and how few Israelis. Well, look at how, many few, how few Brits were killed and how many more Germans were. Does that make the Germans right in World War II? Right. That's, that's the facile moral thinking mm, that pervades our world. That's right. That is Dennis Prager, 26 past five, and I'm over looking at the Treaty of Waitangi. I'm at tepapa.gov.nz, and uh, so let's read it for ourselves. So, so this chap here, he's all upset about something, and we'll just go back to what he was talking about. Here we are, the Tauranga-based tribe. Uh, he's the chairman, Charlie, his name is Tafai Ao, and he says that the it's article the article two, the, the New Zealand the Coalition of National Act and New Zealand First, they have breached Article two of the treaty by failing to protect Maori language, basically to Reo Maori says Maori language. Okay, so let's read it. And see how that could uh, how they could breach it. Now, Article One. I've looked at that. Article Two. That's the third. There's only three articles in it. Very simple, just paragraphs, really. This is Article Two. Her Majesty the Queen of England confirms and guarantees to the chiefs and tribes of New Zealand and to the respective families and individuals thereof the full, exclusive, and undisturbed possessions of their lands and estates, forests, fisheries, and other properties which they which they may collectively or individually possess so long as it is in their wish and desire to retain the same in their possession. But the chiefs of the United Tribes and the individual chiefs yield to Her Majesty the exclusive right of preemption over such lands as the proprietors therefore may be disposed to alienate, it's interesting words, disposed to alienate at such prices, so what does it mean, offload at such prices as may be agreed upon between the prospective proprietors and the persons appointed by Her Majesty to treat with them in that behalf. There we are. So that's the that's the article. And look, there's some sort of debate as to what actually is the Treaty of Waitangi. Uh, but there we are. We're done up at Waitangi, Treaty of Waitangi. It's not part of New Zealand law. They like to pretend it is. It's not really at all. Um, it was ratified. I mean, parts of it uh, I think it was wasn't it until a bit later on. Uh, well, I, can't, I just I used to know, but I'm not sure now. But it wasn't. It doesn't form part of our law. They like to pretend that it does, but it doesn't. It's just a it's just to really stop Maori eating one another, uh, and they wanted the same rights as us. It means that we become one people, and uh, they have the same rights and freedoms that we have, and we're protected under the law. We're supposed to be one, and that's what Winston Peters said. And I've got a speech from him, and I might just play that. And that was the one that he let rip, let rip to the um, at the uh, at Parliament, and he took particular aim at um, Waititi. Um, Rawiri Waititi, who's I think he's isn't he the leader? He's the leader of the Maori Party. Um, what do they call themselves? Tea Pity Party Maori, Tea Party Maori. And, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll dig that out and have a look. I've just taken my glasses off and now I can't see where. Uh, all right, so that's that. And uh, so we'll go and, uh, so anyway, that's that fella there. So he's all upset about that. But I can't see how, that, how he could use the Treaty of Waitangi. But anyway, he says he can. Uh, also back on Radio New Zealand here, government delays NCEA literacy, literacy and numeracy test 
prerequisite. The government is delaying the predecessor's plan, that's what Nat Labor's plan, to make online math and literacy tests a prerequisite for NCEA qualifications for 2026. And Wakatani homicide linked to a gang incident that's just come through. The death of a man in Wakatani on Sunday night followed a gang-related disorder incident, according to police. And Jonathan Benjamin, he's been found guilty of historical sexual offences at Gloria Vale. Yeah, not very good. That's down the South Island. It's a massive big farming community, and they all live down there. And he's uh, obviously... I don't know whether he's admitted to it. The verdict related to 11 charges of sexual offending against four people at the Christian community between 1986 and 2017. Well, if I was the devil, I'd be getting into all these communities. <laughs> I would. If you put your evil cap on, you want to destroy, you've got to destroy Christianity. So I'd get in there and, and I'd uh, look for some weak chap. And uh, obviously, he's if he is truly guilty, uh, then and it seems like he is, uh, I would um, I would be influencing in, in a big way. That's what the Bible says. We've got this enemy that uh, hates our guts, and I uh, know oh, I'd join. I'd join. First thing I do is I'd join the seminaries, and I'd be um, I'd be warping the thinking of the young people coming out of there. So I'd make sure I put my people in there. I'd have the right uh, little devil's workers, <laughs> Satan's disciples. They would be uh, in the seminaries. And where else would I put them? I'd get them in the schools. But I'd certainly do the churches first. And then all the Protestant churches, I'd invade those. I'd use Roman Catholic priests, you know, pretending to be, uh, you know, Protestants. I'd have them infiltrate. Well, it's all very, it's just warfare, isn't it? That's what the the Bible says. We are at war. We are at war with these um uh, principalities and unseen beings so we don't oh gosh if, if we knew what they looked like we'd probably be terrified uh, okay now let me just make sure we're still going out it just it seems to be and uh, let's just check over at um, the other one that seems to be okay I better make sure that we are because I don't know if we are let me just give give me a moment there it's 27 minutes to I think 28 minutes to 6 and uh, I, no I don't seem to have it let me see if I can find my way around here um, not doing very well, Grant. Uh, well, I'll come back to that. Oh, gosh, I don't even know if we're actually streaming. Uh, oh, we'll soon find out, I suppose. Uh, okay, so let's uh, see what else we've got here. Um, a teen who bragged about killing a rap in a rap video, he failed to have his sentence reduced. This is in Canterbury. A teenager who killed another teen then bragged about it in a rap video posted on social media. He's failed to have... Oh, I just said that. The heading is just repeated uh, again. And uh, illegal streetcar racer that gathered to publish... Uh, publish gathering publicised as the Hamilton invasion on social media. An illegal street racer gathering at Waikato, they're really into it there, aren't they, was published on social media in Hamilton invasion and attracted hundreds of people from outside of the region, according to police. And uh, also, was I wonder if that was the same one where a baby was found in the car that had been impounded. And then they've got some COVID-19, what else have we got here? COVID-19 uh, propaganda update. Case numbers, deaths increase on last week. It's just rubbish, isn't it? COVID-19 cases have increased since last week, and there were 27 further deaths attributed to the virus. But it all all is well. It's just rubbish. Absolute nonsense. People uh, is attributed to, to your jolly vaccine, your fake vaccine that you've been giving people. And uh, no word about this is there. Absolute, just, it's just absolute silence, just a media blackout in this country. A government justification for abolishing planned smoke-free law don't hold up, according to the bulletin. Population health expert says New Zealand's world-first smoke-free legislation 
with the government. They plan to repeal, and it could potentially save thousands of lives. You know what? It's just rubbish, isn't it? If you want to smoke, look, look, let me look at the, let's break it down. Population health expert says New Zealand's world first smoke free legislate, they're going to legislate against your free will. This is not right. And I think that's probably why ACT, he's, he wants people to be able to, I, I think he is anyway. This is my, well, this is what I think. I think you should be free to do whatever you jolly will like as long as you don't harm other people. You know? And so if you want to go and light up a smoke, Go and do it. And you shouldn't have to pay crazy money. Like it really probably, uh, if you're a manufacturer of tobacco and you wanted to make, say, let's say, you know, the bag of Rollies, um, let's say a bit of tobacco there, say 50 grand. Well, they're probably 50 bucks, isn't it? Really, that, that would be plenty of, there'd be plenty of, you know, plenty of profit there for you. Uh, but the government takes the rest of it. And something like 130, I think it almost be, it might be getting on to $140. So the rest of it's tax, isn't it? I mean, it might. Let's say it's sixty dollars, and but all that, all that they've doubled it and some, and that's tax for the government, and so they're doing their best to stop it. They need to reduce all that tax because by collecting that tax, it's almost like they're condoning it anyway. But people should be free to do what they like. They should be free to grow a bit of tobacco if they want to, if they know how to do it. They're clever enough. They can learn on YouTube now anyway. Grow a bit of tobacco and smoke the jolly stuff. Who cares? Who cares? It's none of your business. It's none of the government's business what people do so long as they don't harm others. Now, people are going to say, oh, yes, but people are dying. Well, they don't care if people are dying. They're killing us with the vaccines. They don't care. It's just rubbish. Um, They're killing us with pharmaceutical drugs. They do not care about your health. And uh, personally, I don't believe smoking causes lung cancer because I've just known too many cases of people that have never smoked and they, they were found to be riddled with cancer and had lung cancer and never smoked a cigarette and never been around people, people that are out in farms. And I think it's probably uh, just that not eating the right food, eh? not eating, not, not getting enough nu- nutritional food and clean water. I don't know what whether it is, whether it, or maybe just those childhood vaccines. You know, uh, people that... Um, yeah, could be, could be. I, I really do believe that's what it is. Anyway, you know, you know that I do. I'm, I always harp on about it, don't I? Uh, but anyway, you should be free to do what you like. That's my my whole opinion. Uh, now, Chinese medicine practitioner sanctioned over use of vibrating massager. Ooh. Uh, okay, the customer made a complaint of indecent assault, <laughs> indecent assault to police, saying he used the massa, massager on her breasts and between her buttocks without her consent. Ugh. Yucky ducky. And uh, but also illegal high-powered e-scooters left unmonitored by authorities. Uh, really, according to the transport agency, and they've put in a Murray word there, and they're not supposed to because they're just not supposed to. This is Radio New Zealand. It's paid for by the government. They need to they need to get control of Radio New Zealand because we pay for it. It's not the government. We we pay for it in our taxes, and uh, they've uh, they're dumping all those Maori names for things that aren't having nothing to do with Maori, and they need to be dumped. Uh, so anyway, um, now scooters cannot exceed 300 watts. Gosh, I drove, I rode one that was 800 watts. <laughs> Went like the clappers. No car would be able to beat it. Um, I don't know. Maybe a Tesla might be able to. Oh, it was pretty quick. It did 70 mile an hour. This thing. Um, so according to the transport agency in New Zealand here, they said they cannot exceed 300 watts, and that is less than a lawnmower to qualify as a low-power vehicle. Oh, see, they want to make rules on everything, don't they? Back when they first came out, there was no rules on it. You can have whatever you liked. Uh, anyway, so there it is. And more winds are expected for much of the country this week. The rest of the South Island is expected to face 
the average rainfall as well this summer. Above average, I should say, this summer, along with a windy week ahead. And I've noticed it's a wee bit breezy outside as well, where I am. And a 111 call about a terror attack, attack, a threat, a clearest example of priority one call, experts say. Police could have possibly stopped the shooting. This is to do with the Christchurch um, um, mosque uh, shooting back in 2019. They're right now, and they are having an inquest into that. And so it said police could have possibly stopped the shooting at a second mosque, during the Christchurch terror attack, but a call taker did not label the 111 call as a priority, uh, according to the inquest. Uh, that's what they heard yesterday. And we've got delays at Auckland Airport after a control tower evacuation. Flights have had to be delayed after an evacuation at the Auckland International Airport control tower. That happened on Monday afternoon. And a grandmother died after a dialysis valve fell out during a break-in struggle. Good grief. Terence Lokiro uh, was, uh, she has admitted, or wh- whoever it is, has admitted to the manslaughter of Linda Woods during a home invasion in Kaikoui. Good grief. Billboard labels government uh, climate extremists. Oh, it is too. Look at that. Climate extremists it's got a picture of the three. It's got uh, David Seymour, Christopher Luxon and Winston Peters there in a little photograph. And it's got an oil rig. Uh, then above that it says in big bold letters climate tra- change extremist or just says climate extremist up on the building there probably looks like Wellington anyone promoting more fossil fuel uses uh, use more fossil fuel use in the midst of a climate crisis they think we're in a climate crisis which is absolute rubbish they deserve to be called out as extremists according to Greenpeace so that must have been a Greenpeace would have put that there uh, also in the news at RNZ drunk drivers caught during the day raise fears of the holiday traffic. Bay of Plenty Police have warned drivers not to get behind the wheel after a rise in a number of impaired motorists being caught. And initial findings of a probe into response of major weather events say seek stay a secret rather. Ooh, the inquiry into this year's big storms like Gabriel has given its interim findings to the government and a body has been found on the west coast, a walking track. Police were investigating after a body was found on the track down there on the west coast. I'm not sure where it is, but that was yesterday. Well, maybe we'll have a look at that um, if I get time. A police appeal for information over a suspicious fire at Palmerston North. They have released CCTV images uh, in a bid for information about the suspicious fire last month. And Rocket Lab aims to launch new mission this week. New Zealand's company Rocket Lab, it's actually not a New Zealand company, it's now owned by NASA, uh, they're, the main, they're the main people that organised that, probably because they, um, they didn't want them to find out that they can't get into space. <laughs> they're stuck here. So they've taken control of it, NASA have taken control of it, and it's actually run from the United States. They've got the base here, of course, that's where they fire it there at uh, Mahia Peninsula, but... Um, that is just a big scam, is my opinion. I think they're actually designing. I think what the the main the main idea of Rocket Lab is they're well they're taking money off the silly investors, uh, pretending to put things into space, and really they're just putting little um, satellites up in the terrarium, not in space. And uh, but I think the main the main interest with NASA there would be and with the military would be those rocket engines, the Rutherford engine, very. Very good engine, and uh, so Peter Best, I think his name is, isn't it? He's the guy that sort of like he was the rocketeer. Uh, he was very interested in rocketry from a young chap, and so he builds these uh, rockets. They're really missiles. That's what I think they're doing. 
Uh, so they're designing missiles that can carry payloads, warheads probably, and that's why uh, the uh, military are involved. Of course, NASA is military, really, if you think about it. And so what are they doing? New Zealand company Rocket Lab is doing a dress rehearsal later today. That was yesterday. I wonder what happened. And it's the latest satellite mission. Absolute nonsense. Just just up in the terrarium. Doesn't Nothing goes into space. Just a balloon. And they have balloons. They send lots of balloons up, actually. They're weather balloons. But they're more than that. They're big. They're dirty big things. They're huge. They're the size of trucks. And um, the balloons themselves, they're huge. They're the size of... Um, Oh, but bigger than a football field. And that's probably what you see going across the sky. Uh, it's probably the reflection of the sun off these massive um, um, massive balloons, the size of giant stadiums. He's just absolutely huge. And they launch those from south, uh, the south um, southern area. Where do they launch them from? Down in... Um Antarctica. That's where they do. They have these massive trucks, and they they uh, they launch them with the wind, and they have to drive along with the truck, and then they release the satellite, which is basically just a you know funny thing. And it all hangs from. Oh gosh, I'm getting tangled up my headphones here. It all hangs from a um, a dirty big balloon, a massive balloon. Now the Eagle helicopter has well, it's assisted during the arrest of people in that after um, car break-ins. A 11 year old child was amongst the group of eight arrested after illegally. Uh, and uh, well allegedly I should say that's the wrong word there Grant <laughs> allegedly trying to break into cars in an Auckland suburb of Westgate that's out West Auckland so you shoot out from Auckland there uh, on the West Norwest motorway and Westgate so pretty, it used to be at the end but it's probably not now it probably goes on a bit further than the last time I was in Auckland but it was quite a long while ago uh, okay we'll go and have a look at News Hub and I'll be back in just a moment yeah just a moment this is um, Yeovil Noah Harari he's an interesting fellow I've heard you in other interviews talk about the trap that Hamas has laid for Israel Israel's response obviously has been forceful uh, but there are now thousands dead on in Gaza on that side. What do you mean when you talk about the trap? Because Hamas's intention is to destroy all chances for future peace, it really counted on a very forceful Israeli uh, response. Again, I, I think it should be clear that Israel has not just a right, it has a duty to defend its citizens. So Israel needs to disarm Hamas, but at the same time, um, should be clear that the war is not against the Palestinian people. Uh, if uh, to fall into Hamas's trap is to wage a war against all Palestinians in a way that will make any future reconciliation impossible. Yes, so that's old Harari there. Um, he's some um, friend of Klaus Schwab, isn't he? He's in the World Economic Forum, the WIF. And in politics, we're over at newshub.co.nz. Government decision to suspend policy process called reckless by Grant Robertson. He's the former finance minister. David Seymour says it wasn't very good. Didn't he? Did he now? And in astronomy, the best place is to see New Zealand's unique meteor shower. That's going to be today. Um, we could look and find out where the best place to be. Oh, it looks very good in the photo there. Uh, stargazers across New Zealand are standing by with a rare meteor shower expected to cross the skies on Tuesday night. So let's hope it's fine for you, uh, wherever you wherever you are. Uh, we'll have a look at the weather in a bit a bit later on. Uh, what are we up to now? Time-wise, it's quarter to 15 minutes to 6. We're going to have some news from TNT at 6. Now, while the meteor showers are not uncommon, Tuesday night's promises to be a unique thanks to New Zealand's geographical placement. Between 8 o'clock tonight 
and 12.30, just gone midnight, uh, New Zealand will be able to see the first meteor shower associated with a comet that's called 46P for Papa, and it's called Wirtanen. Wirtanen, I think it looks like Wirtanen. Wirtanen. Wirtanen, yes. Oh, gosh, you can't read this morning. Uh, Wirtanen passed close by, close to Jupiter in 1972, oh, and knocking in the terrarium. All the stars are in the terrarium. You read your Bible, you'll find out the real, the real truth behind it all. It's just, uh, it's just a nonsense, the stuff we believe. Anyway, apparently knocking a load of debris off it, apparently. And then they say that it will intercept Earth's orbit for the first time. Gosh, it's just such rubbish. Uh, New Zealand, uh, and New Zealand is the perfect place to see this happening, just as we are going uh, into the evening. Apparently the Auckland Stardome astronomer, his name is Rob Davison. He's uh, star crazy and moonstruck, probably, loony, lunatic. And that's what he told News Hub. Additionally, there is another shower called the Grimmonids. University geologist Professor James Scott, he told Radio New Zealand Afternoons, these will coincide. Now, Germanids is uh, is going and going in one. It is going to be going in one direction at the same time. And the debris from the comet Wirtanen. Uh, they are going to be going and they're going to be going in the same direction as well. And this means that there will be a good chance of seeing shooting stars. Oh, that's good. I always like to see them. And anyway, so you can do that. And the showers will be happening just to the left of Jupiter. And this is particularly bright at this time of the year. And it appears like a large star. Davidson's key advice for people to get away from the light pollution, which you get near the cities and try and get out in the country, the darker the sky, the more easily it will be for you to be able to see them, particularly if they are faint and small ones. That would be good, won't it? Davidson's also said that because this is a meteor shower with the debris from the new comet, we don't entirely know how many there will be and how bright that they will be. Thankfully, stargazers don't need to particularly any special equipment to see the storm that's good the naked eye is the best way to do it uh fantastic and uh clear skies will be critical to catching the spectacle certain parts of the country are going to be a lot luckier than others well should we have a quick look at oh we'll do that no oh, we'll have a quick look now let's see or oh, let me tell you let me see if um our good friend um philip duncan he may have some details on what it's going to be like today and tonight in particular so let's go over there, and it may not feel as much like summer today and Wednesday, apparently, according to Philip. He says that but its warmer air is returning later in the week for most of us. The next cold front means Tuesday and Wednesday will again see a drop in temperatures, which is not good for the grass growing. We had a, a, a very poor uh, grass growing this year, and I, I rang one of the people that does contracting yesterday, and he said, no, you're right, Grant, to say that. It hasn't been all that good. Uh, those cold temperatures, they were not good. And also we had quite a bit of extra rain when we didn't really need it. We had a bit too much rain. Uh, anyway, Philip here, Philip Duncan from weatherwatch.co.nz, he says the next cold front means that Tuesday and Wednesday we'll see a drop in temperatures. I said that, didn't I? And it's going to be much of our weather dominated by the windy southwesters out to the Southern Ocean. Later in the week, a high pressure and warmer westerlies will return. He says it's possible further updates will be added to... Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so that's it. Just short and sweet from Philip, so that's okay. All right, uh, it's 10 to 6, and uh, like I said, we're going to have TNT coming up at 6 o'clock with their news.
And uh, oh, that's what. Now after six, have I got time? Ten two. I've got time. Yes, I want you to hear Richard Vobes. We'll do that. We'll do that between now. Have I got time? Yes, I have. If I do it now, you'll have time. This is Richard Vobes. I mentioned the other day about how the Prime Minister is going to be banning cigarette sales to people who were born from 2009 onwards. That would be 14-year-olds now. And then for the next generation up, they would never be able to buy cigarettes, pipe tobacco or cigars. And it struck me that... When I made that recording and I talked about that and and basically what was happening was freedom of choice was being taken away, it struck me, I thought at the time, I said, how will they possibly police it? How will you know if somebody's 14 or 15 or, or as it went on, if you were 20, 21 and you were from that generation? How would you know the cutoff point? And how would it be police? And, of course, somebody very, very quickly in the comments said, Richard, you're not using your noggin. Of course, it's with the digital ID. That digital ID that knows your birth date to the day, to the second, probably. And so you would go to purchase whatever it is you wanted to purchase and then they you would be refused. And so if somebody was a couple of days older than you, they would be allowed to have those cigarettes or pipe tobacco or cigars whatever it is uh, but you wouldn't and this is where it gets you and so it's the prime minister has decided whether you are able to enjoy uh, say a, a pipe full of tobacco and be meditative and enjoy yourself or have a cigarette uh, and not let you make that decision for yourself uh, because he thinks he knows best. And one can't, can't help imagining that some of these um, rich tycoons are probably sitting there with their cigars, being very happy and content in smoke-filled rooms, planning things. So why should they? Why should they be able to tell us what we can and what we can't do? Anyway, I just wanted to just put that out there because... It struck me as being another unfair thing that governments in and of themselves should not have uh, anything to do with our free choice. And we must argue for that back and exercise our right for our choice and push back against things like digital IDs, because that to me is a complete overreach of the government. Another overreach has in recent times, of course, been that medical intervention in which people were persuaded to have a certain amount of um, poison, let's say, shoved into their bodies when we had that uh, problem a couple of years ago. And, of course, we've seen a lot of people, as a result, falling down, becoming harmed and dying as a result of a medical intervention. The, uh, the GPs, the doctors, the surgeries, the health surgeries up and down the land, those GPs, they, um, they were also pushing all of this. Well, I had a letter from one of my viewers and I wanted at first to read it out. He said, you can. And I read it and it was so stringent. It was so, um, so on the money. I thought I daren't read this out because uh, the uh, the platform that I'm on would not let me broadcast it and would probably shut it down. It was full of absolutely hard, honest truths, which would, of course, cause a few problems because they don't like the truth coming out. So I thought I would, instead of reading the letter, 
um, I would tell you about it. And this gentleman, he wrote to his GP and he said, I'm not using your services anymore. That's it. I'm finished with you. Uh, you pushed this medical intervention on me and my friends and since then I've had all sorts of problems I've known people who've died you've not shown any remorse you've not apologized you, you, you've not shown any indication that you did something wrong in fact you knew what you were doing or at least it's your profession to know what you were doing to push a government uh, experimental drug into the bodies of millions of people. And not only that, you took the money for it. Each one was worth to you more money than it was to them. And anyway, it goes on like this, and I can't say his actual words because, um, as I say, they would breach the terms and conditions, and obviously I want to keep the channel going. But he put them he put their, took their feet to the fire and told the GPs exactly what he thought of them and exactly the fact that uh, they were dispensing with their Hippocratic, Hippocratic oath and that they had put money in front of patients. And so he said, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And he wished that other people would withdraw their, um, withdraw taking up the opportunity because this is where the GPs make their money. If they don't have any patients, they go out of business. Well, if the GPs have been causing um, chaos and mayhem up and down the countryside and effectively poisoning people with this medical intervention, but not only that one, but what about the children? The children that are born that are having these are being forced to have certain, I don't want to use the word in this context, but you know what I mean. At certain stages in their life, they've been told that it was going to be good for them. And yet we've seen, have we not, the increase in autism. We've seen ADHD. We've seen mental illness with young babies. As soon as they're almost born, they're being injected with something. Their own actual uh, immune system is not given a chance to kick in and deal with stuff. Older people now are being influenced to come and have a flu thing. And who knows what's in that? I personally, am, I've never had a flu jab in my life. I didn't have the medical intervention and I take very few pharmaceutical drugs, if ever. Um, I have in the past, of course, I've been subjected to that like most people. But for many, many years, I haven't. And I certainly didn't fall foul of the medical intervention that we were being told that we had to have. And to be honest with you, now that I'm eating farm foods and things like that, I've never felt better. And I, I would urge people, if you feel that your medical um, practitioner has pushed something which has actually been bad for you, I would certainly put them on the metal and ask them for an apology, at the very least. Perhaps withdraw your services from them, because if they're continuing to push products that the World Health Authority organization are saying that we must have and then being part of the mandatory system that down the line will be saying you've got to have this or with your digital ID that I referenced at the beginning you won't be able to buy anything you won't be able to have a bank account you won't be able to run a business you won't be able to buy your meat you won't be able to buy whatever fuel it is for your conveyance if you if, if we allow these GPs to basically peddle the poison that the WHO and the WEF, who uh, are leaning on our government and making them come up with these ridiculous notions, if we don't withdraw the funding by not basically being a patient, 
then we are pretty much tantamount to continuing the nonsense that's been going on and allowing this poison to be injected into people. The choice, of course, is yours. You have to make that decision whether you still need to have those pharmaceutical products or whether there are alternatives out there which may be much more better without a great long list of side effects, including death, which obviously always come with a pharmaceutical product. Natural products, clearly, in my mind, I would suggest is a lot healthier for people and you don't need to go to a GP. They don't understand it. They don't understand that your diet is the most important thing that you do. They never, when was the last time the GP said, unless you happen to be grossly overweight, that they asked you about the diet and what kind of food? Do they ever suggest to you to get off the highly processed food? Do they ever give you a, a range of different possibilities rather than the one drug that they're getting a backhander on, on pushing to you? Are they suggesting things that actually is beneficial for you or is more beneficial for them. That seems to me at the moment how I'm thinking about them. I haven't been to my GP for years and I have no intention, uh, inclination to go and visit them ever again. They've peddled something that they ought to have known was really dangerous. They should have questioned the science. They should have said, are you sure an experimental drug with this unusual makeup it should be put across all generations, should be given to pregnant women, should be given to people in there with all sorts of different things. One size does not fit all. And GPs, doctors, health practitioners and anybody associated with it, anybody who pushed that medical intervention, they should be really looking at themselves in the mirror and asking themselves, did they really do the right thing or were they just taking the money. The thing that stri struck me, you know, Piers, about seeing the 7th of October footage was that um, uh, even the Nazis were actually ashamed of what they did. You know, SS battalions who spent their days shooting Jews in the back of the head and pushing them into, tr uh, into trenches had to get very, very drunk in the evening to uh, uh, forget what they had done. Uh, Nazi high command famously had to sort of get around the problem of soldier morale because the soldiers knew this wasn't exactly what their lives were meant to look like either. I tell you one very big difference. If you look at the footage, the raw footage, and I really hope people don't on a wider scale have to view what I viewed the other day. Um, if they see it, they will see something that is at least as barbaric as what the Nazis did. But here's the difference. They did it with glee. They were deeply proud. For great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts, the TNT Shop is now open at TNTRadio.live. of this hour go to episodes at tntradio.live now tnt radio news for tnt radio news this is james o'neill an f-16 fighter jet of the u.s air force crashed into the yellow sea off the coast of south korea during a training exercise on monday following an in-flight emergency 
The pilot successfully ejected from the aircraft and was safely rescued. The incident occurred at 8.43 a.m. local time on December 11th as the F-16 Fighting Falcon was engaged in a routine training flight over the Yellow Sea. The identity of the pilot has not been released by the U.S. Air Force. After the ejection, the pilot was rescued by South Korean Maritime Forces. The pilot, who has regained consciousness, was being transported back to Kunsan Air Base near Gunsan, South Korea, for further evaluation. The exact cause of the in-flight emergency remains unclear at this stage. The fighter wing has announced that a comprehensive investigation into the incident will be undertaken. India's top court on Monday upheld a 2019 decision by Prime Minister Narendra Modi's government to strip disputed Jammu and Kashmir special status as a semi-autonomous region with a separate constitution and inherited protections on land and jobs. The five-judge constitutional bench of the Supreme Court ruled that the region's special status had been a temporary provision and that removing it in 2019 was constitutionally valid. The unprecedented move also divided the region into two federal territories, Ladakh and Jammu Kashmir, both ruled directly by the central government without a legislature of their own. It was the first time in the history of India that a region's statehood was downgraded to a federally administered territory. Approximately 80,000 unionized nurses and other health care workers in Quebec are set to join a strike already underway by other public sector employees. These health care professionals affiliated with the FIQ will commence a four-day strike starting December 11th. This action aligns them with members of four unions representing 420,000 Quebec public sector workers, including teachers, education supporters, staff, and lab technicians who began a week-long strike on the preceding Friday. These workers are part of a collective known as the Common Front and have recently turned down the government's latest contract proposal. That is absolutely the last option. This offer included a 12.7% salary increase over five years, which the unions argue does not match the current rate of inflation. A lot of nurses, before they even start working in the public health care system, already have an exit strategy in place, and that is not normal. On Sunday, divers retrieved the body of the seventh crew member from the wreckage of a U.S. military Osprey aircraft that crashed off southern Japan during a training exercise. The Air Force CV-22 Osprey went down on November 29th near Yakushima Island in southwestern Japan en route to Okinawa. Prior to this recovery, the remains of six crew members had been found, with five of them located in the sunken remains of the aircraft. The U.S. Air Force Special Operations Command confirmed that the latest recovery was one of the two crew members still unaccounted for. The identity of the airman has been established, but the details are being withheld pending notification of the next akin. This incident has reignited concerns about the safety of the Osprey, a model with a history of several fatal accidents, despite its relatively recent introduction. Following the crash, Japan suspended operations of its 14 Ospreys. A Chinese Coast Guard targeted Philippine vessels with water cannon blasts Sunday and rammed one of them, causing damage and endangering Filipino crew members off a disputed shoal in the South China Sea, just a day after similar hostilities at another contested shoal. The Philippines and its treaty ally, the United States, immediately condemned the latest confrontation near the Second Thomas Shoal, where two Philippine Navy-operated supply boats and two Philippine Coast Guard escort ships had sailed to deliver food and other supplies to Filipino forces in a long-maroon Navy ship that serves as a territorial outpost. This has been James O'Neill with your TNT News Brief. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. Thank you very much, James. The time here in New Zealand is five minutes past six. I'll be back with weather in just a moment. 
From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Welcome to the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. Ah, all right. Thank you very much there, Mr. Edwards. Uh, Thank you for that. Now, the uh, current extremes in New Zealand, Kaikoura Airport, have that's down on the east coast, is it? Yes, the east coast of New Zealand. I'm getting confused with the east and the west. don't know what's happening. It must be an age thing. Uh, Kaikoura Airport, 16.4 degrees, the hottest and the coolest place is Waiuru, which is in the centre of the North Island. And that's not that's where the the army base is, New Zealand Defence Force. There, six point two degrees. Castle Point is dropped now. The wind has dropped from eighty one kilometres to sixty seven kilometres per hour. I think that's just gusting. And the wettest place is on the west coast of the South Island, Hokitika, up there, just uh, north Westport, round about there, isn't it, Hokitika? Uh, temperatures right across the country. Stewart Island six degrees, Invercargill eight, Needham ten. Queenstown 9, France Joseph is also 9, Westport 11, Nelson 14, Blenheim 8, Christchurch 9, Timaru 12, and Dunedin is on 10 degrees. Uh, Chatham Islands out there to the west is east, rather, is um, 13 degrees. Uh, Wellington today is 12 degrees. Masterton's warmed up from 4 degrees. It was an hour ago, now to 7 degrees. Uh, Palmerston North on 14, along with New Plymouth and Napier. 11 degrees in Taupo and Rotorua. Gisborne's on 15 degrees. Hamilton and Tauranga are both on 13 degrees. Auckland's on 15. Whangarei 14. Kaitaia 15 degrees. Now the short forecast for Northland to Waitomo and Taupo, including the Bay of Plenty. Fine weather, and um, you've got some cloudy periods happening. You've got a bit some isolated showers, mainly in the west, though. Taranaki to Kapiti, including the Taihapi area. Cloudy periods, scattered showers developing this morning, and then clearing in Tamarunui and also for the northern Taranaki uh, this evening. For Gisborne to the Wairarapa, also for Manawatu to Wellington. Uh, fine at first, showers spreading north from midday, with the hail and thunderstorm possible as well a bit later on, but it's going to be clearing uh, from the south during the evening. For Marlborough and Nelson, also Canterbury, um, we've got showers spreading north this morning, possibly heavy in the east, and then clearing in Nelson and inland Marlborough a bit later on, and then Canterbury as well. It's going to clear, but that's not until later on this evening. For Buller and Westland, showers possibly heavy this morning, and then clearing Westland, and uh, that's going to be this afternoon. For Yordland, frequent showers today, yes. And uh, for Otago and Southland, showers clearing central Otago in the afternoon and northern northern Otago towards the evening. And finally for the Chatham Islands, showers in the afternoon with possible thunderstorms as well. Here in Israel, we had a horrifying massacre of Israelis. And it is until today, almost a month had passed. And we don't have the exact number of how many people were killed. Hamas is publishing numbers every day. How do they know how many people were killed in each and every attack? How do they know that these were all civilians. The numbers that are coming out of Gaza include the 1,500 terrorists that invaded into Israel and uh, slaughtered our families. The numbers that are coming out of Gaza include the Hamas terrorists that are fighting against the IDF now. Nobody knows what's the numbers exactly, the distinction between civilians and terrorists, how they were killed. Nobody knows, and everybody just view Israel as responsible. And I think it's important to look at the details in this picture for all of us to be capable of defeating terror. 
Yes, uh, that was a very uh, nasty ending. Now, I'm over at uh, stuff.co.nz and I'm looking at the national news there. And Neil, this is the latest, Neil Finn, F-I-N-N, he joins the call for urging the government to walk away from new oil and gas. You idiot. What an idiot. What a crazy... Oh, gosh, these guys are under with too many drugs or something. Too much marijuana, maybe. Uh, new Zealand could remain one step ahead by preserving an at-sea ban. <sighs> Um, oil is not there's heaps of it stacks of it and it's blooming good it's natural <laughs> comes out of comes out of the earth oh just crazy and it's all designed to um to uh, to really just bankrupt the country to so they can reset us uh insufficient evidence laid uh, charges for the napier fire police have completed their investigation into a suspicious fire that destroyed a prominent napier building and Luxon pr- promises to push ahead this is the prime minister Christopher Luxon he's going to push ahead with Labour's youth vaping crackdown oh, why if they want to go, if they want to do that they should be allowed to ah oh, unless they're little baby kids I suppose we don't want that happening new regulations will um on cheap disposable vapes will go ahead the government says while laws on smoking will revert to the status quo. Oh, okay. So it was getting a little bit better. Neighbours, 82 and 74, are at war. One elderly man was seriously injured while the other is facing charges after a dispute over shared driveway. <laughs> 11-year-old among group arrested after attempted break-ins. A child who was uh, among a group of eight youths arrested after allegedly trying to break into cars, has been referred to youth aid. And, uh, yes, we've got that. And run down the death of Sean Bruce, looks like, near Dunedin, near Dunedin Park. Uh, I suppose I could have a go that. They haven't given me much to go on. Is this, how old is this? This happened. Now, he was, um, he was duped into meeting at a popular drug dealing spot. This is the trouble when you get involved with all the drugs and stuff like that. You end up getting killed. Lance Moore, 36, was sentenced to a manslaughter of the, this chap, Bruce. And it said that um, when he appeared before the Justice Jonathan Eaton at the High Court in Dunedin on yesterday afternoon, uh, the court heard that uh, Moore drove to Unity Park on the night of the 21st of July last year with the intention of collecting $350 drug debt from Bruce. That's uh, spelt a bit differently. Uh, and Bruce was struck by a red Ford Falcon, which Moore had earlier borrowed from a friend. Oh, can I borrow your car if I'm going to run over somebody? Uh, later, telling the car owner that the damage was because he'd hit a dog. Hmm. Uh, Moore, may, I remember once I hit a hare. I was coming out of this farm, and, I, and then I was, as I was going home, and, it, and there was, and I, the hare was killed. And... When I got back to my place, it was blood all over the front of my car, and it looked like I'd run over a human. <laughs> it's blood everywhere. <laughs> and my friends said, uh, they said, gosh, what have you got's happened there? And I, I, for a moment, I thought they, I had a hunch they didn't believe me, you know, that maybe I had run someone down on the, on the drive home. But uh, no, it was just a rabbit, but it was blood everywhere. Anyway, so he suffered multiple fatal injuries that were not survivable with the cause of the uh, death listed as a multiple blunt force trauma. Police summarised in the facts, and there he is, there, lemon druggy. He looks as, oh gosh, he looks terrible. Just a terrible person there. There he is, getting involved with drugs. Don't get involved with drugs, kid. Kids, you know, some bad people there. Bad company corrupts good morals. You know, people judge you by who you hang out with as well. But no, just stay away from them. You know, I wouldn't get in the car with anyone, you know, that I didn't know. 
you know, it's very easy to get involved in stuff. Um, like there was some, um, oh, there was a, a young fella that I knew. Um, he said uh, they decided to go off and buy buy some. I think I don't know what they call it. Buy, buy some marijuana. And uh, he was smart enough. Just he was. He just wouldn't get involved in anything like that. He said that would be the end of my career. This young fellow told me. Uh, so because he, they drugged test him, he's involved in, um, you know, in a business where you know you've got to make sure that you're fully, you know, you're in, you're in charge of a, a big machinery and uh, can't afford to lose his job. And uh, yet these other kids that are involved in similar industries and they do get drug tested. They go and have marijuana, and I think it stays in your system. Cannabis stays in the system for ages, and it's terrible, terrible drug. It does. Um, it's much worse than we're trying to, than we're making out. Actually, it's far worse. But it seems like the government, you know, they're focused on cigarettes and tobacco and rubbish like that. Well, I don't know about this government. I think they're going to keep it as it is. You should be free to go and have a pipe, as Richard Vobe said before the news. You should be free to do whatever you like. It's fourteen minutes past six here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast. Thanks for dropping by. And um, we, I thought, well, we won't do the bull, bull riding. <laughs> it was too distracting me watching those bulls. They were such incredible athletes. I don't know. I would never want to be a bull rider. Gosh, that would be just like a temporary citizen. I just can't believe that the bulls don't, you know, hit them in the head. I mean, the the helmets they have, they seem to fly off so easily, don't they? And those bulls, you're talking about one ton of animal. Now, how did my chickens get out? I thought I put them away last night. Maybe I didn't. Oh, stuff it. They'll be laying their eggs somewhere else now. Let's hope they don't. I'm, I was sure I put them away last night. Maybe I didn't. Oh, dear. Anyway, they're walking up the driveway there. Uh, for a moment, I thought it might have been a rabbit or something. Anyway, um, yeah, keep, I, better, I, better, I better concentrate on what I'm doing here. We're doing doing news and stuff. We've got people listening, so better shut up. Okay. Oh, let's go over to the Babylon Bee. I quite like the Babylon Bee. Now, they've said here this is the heading. It's, it's uh, paying taxes on his bribes. And there's a photograph there of Hunter Biden waving out with his black gloves on and uh, also uh, of his father there. The U.S. Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is being charged on nine counts of evading taxes on his international bribery schemes, according to an indictment filed in Los Angeles on Thursday last week. The president's son made millions on foreign bribes and used the money for illegal drugs and underage sex trafficking. Uh, That's all well and good. But then he failed to pay his taxes said a spokesman for the DOJ, the de- that's the Justice, um, what's the DOJ? The Department of Justice, yes. Keeping money that's due to the government is the most heinous of all crimes and should be dealt with swiftly and without mercy. Official sources confirmed that Hunter became wealthy by exchanging national secrets and special favours uh, to Americans, uh, to America's enemies, I should say, in exchange for cracking uh, and crack rather crack that's what's that cocaine is it crack crack yeah crack and underage sex slave money Ugh. Uh, in addition to wiring money to president joe biden unfortunately he did this without keeping perfect tax records making him the lowest of criminals <laughs> rest assured this horrific act will not go without the slight fine and scolding from the judge said attorney general Merrick garland this man must be brought to justice at publishing time, President Biden had claimed that he had no knowledge of the case, nor of the man that was named Hunter. <laughs> okay, all right, there's a bit of fun there. Uh, let's go over to Australia now. We've got some Australian listeners, and we'll look at what's just come in at abc.net.nz. And uh, right at the very top there, gosh, it was a long way down, the, the draft of the COP28 
text emits, oh, I've just got a big something across the top there, emits the phase out of fossil fuels. Good. Shouldn't be phasing out fossil. They're not fossil anyway. They don't take, you know, fossil. What's with that? Fossil fuels. As if they take millions of years. They don't. You can make fuel in no time at all. Uh, in fact, I could make charcoal in no time at all. I could make coal, really. Um, you just have a, a cylinder and you need to mix. What do you put? You have to seal it both ends. It has to have water in it, a bit of wood. Put water in and some wood and what else? Uh, heat. Put it in, in a um, kiln and get the temperature up there. I hope it doesn't explode on you. But um, it has to be, um, yeah, so no no air, a bit of moisture and wood, and you can turn that into coal. Incredible. In no time at all. Uh, now, what else have we got? Succession and Barbie, uh, they dominate the Golden Globe nominations. Nominations for the 2024 Golden Globe Awards have been announced with Barbie and Succession both receiving multiple nominations. A massive workforce shortage in Australia. It threatens hundreds of billions of dollars in infrastructure investment. Infrastructure Australia's National Market Capacity Report revealed that there is only 177,000 workers currently in the system, despite there being enough demand for the equivalent of 405,000 workers. And Patriots Only, uh, Patriots Only election in Hong Kong draws record low voter turnout. The sharp slide in turnout since the last election in 2019 comes after Beijing imposed sweeping national security laws that has been used to clamp down on dissidents and overhaul the electoral system to shut out Democrats and other liberals. So you only you're only allowed to be a what they deem a um, uh, a patriot before you can vote. Christian Porter, he's representing the Russian billionaire fighting to overturn the Australian sanctions. Oligarchy Oleg Deripaska is fighting to overturn a ban imposed by the Australia by Australia over his alleged close ties to Vladimir Putin, the Russian um, leader amid the invasion of Ukraine. And Trump has just cancelled his plans to testify in New York in the fraud trial, saying that he has nothing more to say. Former US President Donald Trump says he's changed his mind about testifying in his own defence in New York fraud case, uh, where he is accused of exaggerating the value of real estate assets by billions of dollars and obtaining favourable bank loans uh, to obtain rather uh, favourable bank loans and insurance terms and uh, it's just rubbish really you know they're, they're worth a lot more than even Trump is saying uh, India's top court upholds the Modi government's 2019 decision to end special status of Kish, uh, Kashmir uh, the Indian Supreme Court upholds a move by Prime Minister Narendra Modi's government to revoke the limited autonomy of Muslim majority Kish Kashmir uh, where an insurgency has raged for decades and police work safe, investigate man's death at the business of the Western Australia goldfields. Emergency services were called to the worksite in South Boulder after reports of a man was trapped under a machinery and later confirmed to have died. Olympics injury setback for swim champ Emma McKeown. Uh, Australia's most decorated Olympian is ruled out of the Queensland Swimming Championships as she Man, she's managed. She manages a torn muscle under her armpit. That'll be what's that rotator cuff, I think, isn't it? Yes, not very good. You really need to have an operation on those. Uh, Townsville is reeling after a week-long crime wave of ram raids. They're doing the same here. I wonder if someone's putting them up to it. I wonder if someone like Soros is putting people up to um, 
doing ram raids. It's all sorts, you know, everyone's doing it. They're doing it in America, doing it here. All the Western countries, the ones that want to take down, the ones that want to bring in the um, the digital ID, I suppose. Well, that's a good way of doing it, isn't it? Have crime increase. And then we go, what are we going to do to stop the crime? And then the police, uh, well, the government says, well, tell you what we'll do. We'll bring in a um, an identity system and then the criminals will be able to, we'll know who they are. Point of sale, we'll be able to pick them up and that will get rid of them. We'll get rid of cash and we'll have the, the digital ID and that will solve all the crime. And Barry Smith warned us about this back in 1980. Uh, I wonder if I should dig out Barry. Oh, well, I'm Barry Smith. I'll just write him down. Barry. So we've had Melanie. We didn't. She's good, isn't she? She's wonderful. She was a writer for The Guardian, I think, and she still writes for newspapers. And she was the one that taught us all about groupthink. And that's what journalists do. In fact, most people do groupthink. They do what, you know, they basically, uh, they don't want to go outside the group. Uh, they want to make sure that they uh, don't say anything or do anything. Uh, or write anything that's against what the majority of the people in their group would agree with. And uh, so, yeah, that's a group thing. Very dangerous. Uh, it's, the, it's really the, uh, the end of the end of, the, of um, civilization, really, if we go down that track. Uh, so what did I just say we were going to put down there? Um, uh, Barry, Barry Smith. Yes, I'll just write him down there. Barry, Barry Smith, Mr. Smith, uh, lost in space. Not that Smith, uh, Dr. Smith. Uh, now, uh, we're over there, Townsend, yes, they've, so let, let, I didn't finish that story, did I? I got sidetracked, sidetracked myself. So dozens of extra officers have been deployed to the North Queensland city after a shocking spate of crimes, uh, mostly committed by miners. You see, there's something going on, isn't there, that uh, residents say has left them traumatised. Yeah, because the old people will call for the cashless society and they'll call for the digital ID because they've been... They're being terrorised by the young people. Now, chemist warehouse may be, uh, may be a discount pharmacy, but it's agreed to a merger with 8.8 billion US, sorry, Australian dollars after months of speculation. The retail pharmacy juggernaut, that is chemist warehouse, will merge with Sigma Healthcare to create the biggest pharmacy company in Australia. Ah. Uh, here's how the deal came to fruition. Always, oh, you can read that for yourself. Now, all you do is you go over to abc.net.au. abc.net.au. I don't know why they have to have that. Why can't they just go abc.au? Why do they need the net for? Seems superfluous to me. Now, he changed his plea. Family relief after man tells judge, I'm guilty of a Christmas Day murder. A man's guilty plea over the murder of his ex-wife on Christmas Day brings relief to the family nearly two years since her death. And she looks a sweet wee thing, but you can't tell though by looking at them, can you? She's over there, she's got a blue, looks like a climbing helmet. She's at one of those, yes, she's doing a bit of rock climbing or something. Or could be tree climbing, they do that too. Do they still do that here in New Zealand? They had it north of Auckland, didn't they? they? There was a place there where you could go into the forest and they had all these sort of like a confidence course strung up there where you could climb up and walk around. And uh, I think you had to strap yourself on. You wore a harness and that sort of thing. Um, but that was all a bit of fun. Now, uh, there's a picture of it. It looks like that's what she's doing. Now, we've got here, I saw a car coming. A mother on trial was causing, was for causing a crash that killed her daughter. Uh, and steps under the look of it. Her careless driving accuses Stacey Lee Cunningham uh, has fought back, so careless driving accused rather, Stacey Lee Cunningham has fought back tears in the Perth Magistrate Court as they hear details of the crash that killed her daughter and stepson in 2020. Oh, that's just awful, isn't it? Poor old thing. 
She's a she's a chubby wee girl. And um, a key architect of the West Connex says motorists aren't to blame for Roselle interchange confusion. So I, we, we haven't got a clue what that's all about. That former chair of the Sydney's controversial West Connex mega project says the motorists are not to blame for the traffic problems on the multi-billion dollar Roselle interchange. And it looks, it does look like, oh, it looks very bad. It says tunnel to Anzac Bridge, no toll. And it's just bumper to bumper, and it looks too narrow. Oh, yeah, that's a cock-up, isn't it? <laughs> These are all the new stories in Australia at the moment. More chicken and vegetable, less cow to feed and save. And save. The world says United Nations at Climate Summit. Oh, good. Save the world, is it? Gosh, it's terrible in punctuation. Uh, wealthy countries will need to cut the amount of red meat they eat if they're going to meet the climate goals, just rubbish. It's absolute nonsense. There's no actual real data. There's no real evidence that cows, uh, that beef uh, causes climate. This, it's just nonsense. I just don't know why we get involved in this rubbish. Just, I just can't, I can't believe it, really. Um, I don't know. This is a more rubbish. It says, according to a sustainable food roadmap, launched at the UN Climate Summit. That's what they say. Gosh, I hope you can hear me all right. I can barely hear myself. I've got no idea if I'm coming out or right. I'll just have a look at the levels. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, it seems to be. Yeah, what about this? I'll just check over here, make sure it is going. Hello. Yes, yes, it is going. Oh, good. So that means you can hear me. Now, uh, so that's that. That's held at the UN Climate uh, Summit in Dubai. And murderers sentenced to life in jail a decade after Adelaide man was gunned down in a workshop. Seven men found guilty of murdering Adelaide man. Jason Delezo will each spend at least 30 years behind bars. Gosh, and it just doesn't happen here. Locals shocked after a woman and baby found dead in the house. A woman and baby have been found dead inside a home in Perth's inner north. And that's a, a major crime scene at the moment, according to detectives. And urgent action needed to fix school funding inequality. Not equity, inequality. Major review finds by National Parenting and Education reporter Claudia Long uh, and the uh, specialist reporting team Evan Young, uh, public schools must be fully funded to combat inequality and all students, <laughs> this is more rubbish, uh, students uh, will be regularly screened to see if they need additional support. A major review in school, into school resourcing has found, oh, just more garbage. Look at all the stuff, there's so much news here, isn't there? Um, I, I, I might have a rest, actually. <laughs> Sit down. I think we're going to have a lie down. That's all a bit much for me, uh, the Australian news. But I do like the way they write it because uh, it gives you a paragraph. You can read it, whereas here in New Zealand, it's all clickbait. You know, you read half a sentence and people have got no idea what you're talking about. And then you've got to go and click on it. And then you, if your computer's running a bit slow for some reason, um, you, you can't get there in time. All right, 29 minutes past six. I'll be back in a minute. I'm just going to have a croak and a sniff. This biomedical industrial complex is going to make huge profits off yet another vaccine and the associated drugs. So it's a business model. It's a business model for media. That's why the fear porn, it drives clicks. At the CPAC conference in Dallas, Texas, I sat down with mRNA vaccine pioneer, Dr. Robert Malone, this time to discuss the strange events and policies surrounding the monkeypox outbreak. In many of our leaders, to my eye, they've kind of given up on the idea of the American nation state and the logic of independent nation states in general. And they bought into the logic that there should be a one world government largely unelected. 
Dr. Malone popularized the concept of mass formation earlier this year, but this is just one of the many aspects of human psychology playing into our current societal moment. We tackle the concept of groupthink, the role it has played, and how to avoid it in the future. This is American Thought Leaders, and I'm Yanya Kellek. Mm. Oh, there you go. Dr. Robert Malone, very good, talking about the monkeypox. Monkeypox rubbish, pretty much 29 minutes past six, and we're over at uh, News Hub. Yeah, what have we got here? Uh, we've got foreign affairs here. It says New Zealand is not too scared to call out a court, a China, according to Luxon. Uh, we're going to have a look. All I was politics here. Government's decision to suspend policy process called reckless by Grant Robinson. Didn't we hear that before? David Seymour says it wasn't a very good. We'll look at both of those now. So we'll go to Luxon and uh, we've, we've got the heading there. Prime Minister Christopher Hip. Hipkins, not Hipkins, Luxon. Luxon denies New Zealand is too scared to call out China after a statement from our embassy in Manila about dangerous actions towards Philippines in the South China Sea. Didn't say, didn't lay blame on China like some of our international partners did. Ah, I see. Both Australia and the United States on Sunday signed, uh, singled out rather, singled out China in statements about incidents near the second Thomas Shoal. Uh, Shoal is sort of like a shallow area, which lie in the Spratly Islands, in the Spratly Islands, in the disputed South China Sea. The Philippines on Sunday said that the Chinese vessels had used water cannons, rammed and harassed, blocked and executed dangerous manoeuvres towards civilian boats there. China's Coast Guard has reportedly accused the Philippines of deliberately colliding with the with its vessels. And the latest escalation in tensions between the two countries, which are in the dispute over the waters, uh, while China says that it is it has sovereignty over the waters, the Philippines won a dispute in The Hague in 2016, which found China has no legal basis for such claims. In a statement on X, formerly Twitter, New Zealand's embassy in Manila said the country was deeply concerned at multiple incidents of dangerous actions towards the Philippines in Scarborough, Shoal and Second Thomas Shoal. This includes obstructing civilian boats and using water cannons against the Philippines vessels and causing significant damage. These actions uh, pose real risks to safety and lives and risk undermining regional stability. New Zealand has again, it, they, it firmly calls for all parties to resolve the disputes peacefully in full accordance with the UNCLOSO, what is UNCLOS, <laughs> United Nations uh, Convention on Law at Sea. There we are. And I've got another cough coming. God, what's wrong with me? Um, the statement raised some eyebrows online for the fact that it didn't make mention of China. Oh, statements are because they're frightened of them. They are, they are, they are. You know, we've we got their big trading partner. They don't want to piss them off. <laughs> their human rights are shocking. They're happy to get stuck into Israel, uh, you know, over what they're doing. And, you know, and, we, and a lot of people get killed. Gosh, a lot of Germans got killed during the Second World War. But we didn't stop fighting, did we? Didn't do that. They're at war. And, you know, these uh, Muslim terrorists, they started it. They went in there and killed 1,400 innocent civilians. Uh, Israel never starts the wars. They finish them, though. They're going to finish this one. And I think they do need to take back all of Gaza. I think that's right. That would be in accordance with the Bible as well. Got magpies. A lot of magpies at the moment. One, two, three, four of them sitting around there on fence posts and things like that. Um, I went to you. Talking about fence posts, I went and shotguns. I went to use a fence post yesterday. 
and I, I realised I couldn't actually use it because I wanted I may have to put a make to cut a, a nick out of it with a chainsaw. And I looked at it and there was all these shotgun pellets in there. And I thought, gosh, I don't I don't want um, don't want my saw to hit up against that. I'm not very good at sharpening saws. I'm all right. My son's very good at sharpening saws, so he does all the saw sharpening when I see him. But he's very busy with his own life now. He's 23, um, 23 next month. And my daughter, gosh, she's 26. They, walk, they grow up quick. It was just like the other day. They were only 13. <laughs> you know, just little little kids, little babies. I've got pictures of them little uh, when they were little. And I've got some videos as well. I wonder if I should put them up on the YouTube channel. I better not. Mm. Oh, why not? No, maybe I could. I've got one of them, one of um, Gabriella and Seb riding a horse in Winton, where we lived in a farm down there. And I've got another one of Seb doing his very first canter on a horse and when we were over at uh, Central Hawke's Bay. Fantastic. Um, okay, so that's that story. I'm losing interest in it. I don't know. What about you? Doesn't sound very good. This is Derek J. Crossman. He, he's the one that he's the New Zealand's massive rethink of its strategy in the Indonesia, Indo-Pacific earlier this year concludes at its simplest level that China isn't a friend. And yet today, Wellington can't even bring itself to utter the name China when condemning recent incidents in the SCS, and that is um, on X, the Derek J. Crossman. Does anyone know who he is? I wonder if I should follow him. I'll follow him just for fun. Ah, oh, now I've gone a lost where I was up to. It's 26 minutes to 7, and I'm going to leave there. Uh, shall I? All right, I'll follow you. There you go. I'll just follow you. There we go. I don't know. I, I don't even know, know my way around this X. I find it very difficult to use. I'm not very good at it. Not very good at X. I'm okay at Facebook, but Facebook's you know rubbish, isn't it? Because you put stuff up there and it never, people don't see it. And uh, what I've what I've been doing is I've just put a little bit of a uh, a heading, and then in the in the comments I put the link because if I put the link up, no one sees it at all. So I'm obviously being shadow banned by the deep state. Oh, well, these things happen, don't they? If I wasn't being shadow banned, I'd probably think there was something wrong. Uh, now, the government decision to suspend policy process. Now, that's called reckless. This is more politics. Let's just have a quick look at this one here as the time comes up to 25 minutes to 7. And uh, see, see the wheels. Uh, no, I better go to the top of that one and get, get rid of all the videos because we're over at NewsHub now. We're NewsHub.co.nz. It'll be New Year, New Workplace law next year with the government confirming on Monday that 90-day trials are back and fair pay agreements will be scrapped. Good. Uh, I say that's good. Uh, Cabinet agreed it will introduce legislation by Christmas to reverse both Labour's cornerstone workplace relations moves, but Prime Minister Christopher Luxon is moving so quickly to get through his 100-day plan that some crucial policy processes have been have been what? have been chucked on the scrap heap too, really. Okay, the wheels of appeal. Oh, this is going to go on forever. I don't know. Are you interested? It's just boring, isn't it? You know, it's just rubbish. You know, while, while the vax murderers are continuing to jab people and kill them, and no, there's no investigation happening here in this country, the rest of the world knows all about it, and they and the Herald are giving us this rubbish, and the Herald, not the Herald, the News Hub, there's just nothing being said about it, and it's just so frustrating. We've got stupid Neil Finn, He's calling for a joint urge. He's urging the government to walk away from new oil and gas. What a halfwit. <laughs> Just an absolute idiot. And uh, gosh, to think I used to like his music. Uh, I, I, would, I wouldn't even like your music now. Uh, now, what have we got here? Oh, look, here's a new story. This is the most popular story. My son, my son, my son, armed intruder. Oh, there's a dog there too. My son, my son, armed intruder shoots family pet. 
a uh, couple go to replace children they couldn't well, couple couple got to replace children they couldn't have what is it oh with dogs i suppose um he was the child that they could never have oh god people talking about dogs as as other human beings this is a top story so I don't know there's nothing to do let's play music <laughs> nothing happening in the news it's just all boring isn't it terrible stuff maybe Australia but then we don't have that many Australian listeners compared to New Zealand listeners I don't know what to talk about next gosh it's all very boring oh we could look and see what happened on this day in history should we do that let's do that well, did you know that on this day uh, on the 12th of December 1961 it was the first Golden Kiwi draw happened here in New Zealand and tickets went on sale in New Zealand for the National Golden Kiwi Lottery and all 250,000 tickets were sold within 24 hours and it was for £12,000 because it was back before the decimal currency back then I think that happened in 1967 and this was in 1961 on this day 12,000 pound top up i suppose that would be equivalent today of about oh half a million dollar half half a million i suppose yeah $570,000 it says four times that offered for the previous lotteries now the national art union art is spelled a r t so art union i was just to wonder what the heck art union i thought they weren't pronouncing it properly i never knew art union lottery it operated in new zealand from 1932 but the prizes were very small and many people continued to take part illegally in overseas lotteries. In an attempt to benefit from their popularity, the government began to tax some of these, that's typical, isn't it, tax some of these lotteries in 1950s, although uh, the, the revenue was paltry. There we are, paltry. And in 1961, the Minister of Internal Affairs, Leon Gutz, his name is, it's got those two little dots over the O, and it looks like Gutz to me, I think that's how you'd say it, he's a German by the sound of what's Leon? What's he doing in our? What's a German doing in our ministry? I say, I say, that's not very good, old chap. Anyway, Goots he established the uh, more attractive national lottery to help meet the increased demand for funding by community groups. Despite criticism by some religious groups, well, yes, you're not meant to gamble the Lord's money. Uh, well, uh, yes, uh, I agree with that. I, agree, I do agree. You shouldn't really do that. A golden kiwi was a huge public success. To ensure the lottery funds were distributed fairly, the government established an independent committee and six specialist grants boards. So that'll that'll suck the money out, won't it? They've always got to do that so that they can um, earn more money. Just rubbish, isn't it? Just get on with your get on with your lottery and give a little bit to charity. You don't need a, a great a board of six people and all these. A specialist. It's just rubbish, isn't it? Uh, like its predecessor, the Golden Kiwi eventually lost the public's interest. Uh, it survived until 1989, uh, by which time the New Zealanders had um, embarked on a love affair with Lotto. Remember that? Judith Kirk, Judith Dobson by then. I think she married a Dobson. And um, so what did we have there? Well, who was the other guy? It was her, Judith and this other fellow. I don't remember her name for some reason. And um, yeah, she was a nurse actually, and she got interested in in be- becoming a um, a uh, superstar on the radio. And I think she still is. I think she does health stuff, so she's well entrenched in the pharmaceutical industry. Yes, she uh, you know even if she doesn't agree with it, maybe she's still um, a front person for. Uh, old age people's <laughs> old uh, aged care you know which is like a place where they where they send you to kill you and um, in the pharmaceutical industry all right let's see how many listeners oh my goodness me there's far too many behave yourself grant yes a lot of people i've got i've got to up my game now because i've got quite a few quite a lot of listeners so let's um let's behave i'll behave now that mark mark spring fellow that's m-a-r-c mark spring there's a defamation 
the defamation of Mark Spring on December the 24th, 2023. Uh, on December 24, 2023, well, we haven't got there yet. This site will run the story of what happened a decade ago. That's all about him, about his thing. And he says here, more, this is how he speaks, more bullshit media on these so-called leaks. The, so, the local S, the mainstream media, seems hell-bent on continuing its attack on the new three-party coalition. They do, actually, Mark. I'm finding that. It seems to be that way. Not that they don't need it. Uh, but here we are. The local mainstream media seems hell-bent on continuing its attack on the three-party coalition. Uh, they are making out that the two leaks are an issue for the new cabinet. Well, they're not. Hipkins, he licks his wounds from the pummeling by the electorate. Uh, he is trying to add fuel to the fire by chiming in with his ill-conceived thoughts. Mr. Hipkins, the STFU, what's that? Lost you, STFU. Don't know what that means. Uh, oh, God, lost into this, in the story. These so-called leaks are from the clowns who are still aligned with the Labour Party. They are too. I've noticed that. They are. that the, the media is still aligned with the Labour Party. So that means that our media is full of lefties, isn't it? We know that, don't we? They train them up from journalism school. They're, they're lefties that train you. And group thinking lefties. So anyway, uh, so what does he say here? He says, the so-called leaks are from the clowns who are still aligned to the Labour Party via their employment within the public service. Absolutely right. He said, what is very apparent is that this government is likely never going to get a fair shake of the stick or a fair suck of the sap, as they say in Australia, uh, by the local media. Uh, once again, Winston Peters is being proved right, and uh, sooner or later, uh, sooner David Lemore clears out the public service, the better. Oh, is he going to do that? That's right. I, that's right. He is. Yeah, that would be a good thing. I think. Don't, don't you think? Yes, I do. I do think. Sixteen. I think. What do you think? I think. I think thinking's good. Seventeen minutes to seven, and uh, when we come back, we're going to hear from Winston Peters. I better do that because it's it's a long one. Oh, hurry up, Grant. Let's do that. We'll be right back. Here's Golda. What difference is there? between Arabs who were on this side of the Jordan and the other side of the Jordan, Arabs in the East Bank and the uh, West of the border of the West Bank. I mean, where, when were Palestinians born? What was, all, what was all this area before the First World War? When Britain got the mandate over Palestine, what was Palestine then? Palestine was then the area between the Mediterranean and the Iraqian border. You say there is no such thing as East the and West Bank? No. East and West Bank was Palestine. I'm a Palestinian. From 21 until 48, I carried a Palestinian passport. There was no such thing in this area as Jews and Arabs and Palestinians. There were Jews and Arabs. Oh, I can't find it. I can't find it. I thought I had it here. Look, this is the Ballad of Mil... Mil um, the Ballad of Minnie Dean. She was the only woman ever hung, hanged here in New Zealand. And uh, so the, and, and a graveyard in Winton that you can find her grave uh, there at Minnie Dean. Oh, what a shame I can't find that jolly thing. Anyway, so here is a, a song by Helen Henderson. She's doing, apparently, according to John Ansel, he sent me over the name of this woman. And I've tried to find some tracks. She hasn't got very many. Doesn't seem to have a website. as what do you call it? A website, nor a YouTube channel. But here she is. So I haven't heard it. So we'll hear it together for the first time. And then I'll see if I can dig around and find Winston. But it looks like it's going to be his speech. We'll hear that after 7 o'clock. I don't know. Do you want to hear? We'll hear part of it anyway. It got stuck into the marriage. It was a bit of fun. 
Here she is. This is the Ballad of Minnie Dean. Apparently she got rid of them on a train, you know, so she put them in a hat box and these babies and got rid of them and dumped, must have thrown them overboard. Here we are, there's the old train. This is the ballad. Minnie Dean. I hope it's good. Don't let me down, John. Lost in the garden, they crawled under the 
be heard again. Mm. Oh, it was all right, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. It's not not really my cup of tea. Uh, what about you? Let's see if the, let's see if people are turned off and decided to. Go, oh no, <laughs> people st- You must must like it. There's lots of you there. Ten to eight. We've got TNT Radio News coming up at eight, and uh, yes, everybody seems to be on the streaming. There's not much happening on Rumble. Uh, we've got a few extra people though. Look, I'm finding that what's happening is people are telling me that they um, they pick up the the, the program uh, of me jibber jabbing on. Um, online on the on the podcast and um so go over to the podcast and if it'd be wonderful if you would you go over and friend me what they do you, you follow you follow there's no friends on podbean so podbean is the one um heaps of people about 35 percent of our listeners uh, on on the podcast come from podbean and uh then it's scattered through a whole lot of them i don't know google this that and the other and um um spotify they they quite a few people listen on spotify and uh, but not not very many people on uh, Apple, and of course for some reason they've banned me on iHeart, but I'm on all the others. But um, Podbean's really good. I, I think it's good. They paid me once. They gave me some money. Um, so I haven't had any money since. But that was when we had we were doing lots of stuff, lots of live streams and stuff like that. We've had I've won some awards. <laughs> we've got we've had a lot of downloads. Uh, we we really have. I think it's two hundred fourteen thousand downloads since we started, and we didn't start that long ago. And uh, yeah, it's a bit of fun doing the podcast, um, but not very good quality. So I've sort of given up doing those live casts, you know, because you can't talk at the same time as someone else, and you know, and the quality is really bad, and um, and you can only really use a, a podcasting mic which you p- plug into your laptop. I like to put everything through the sound desk. Uh, it just seems a wee bit better. I'm getting a wee bit better, aren't I? The quality's. I, ho- I hope the quality's improving. Um, I've got a new set of headphones today and I can't, they don't seem to be working. I can't even hear myself. So I'm just hoping, I'm just looking at the levels and the things look like they're moving up and down. Um, sorry about the stream this morning, folks. We lost stream and so we would have gone to um, what we call auto DJ. Uh, so that, yeah, that wasn't so good this morning in the early hours. And it went for like, I had that stream going without any problems for 96 hours, which is a record. And then I had to restart it, so we've been going, that was an hour and 46 minutes ago, we restarted it, so sorry about that. Okay, uh, now I've got uh, Justin Pierce here, this is an interview that he did, well it was a phone conversation, he phoned up Sean Plunkett, so let's have, or oh, better go for it, let's have a listen to that, just as Justin Pierce ringing up Sean Plunkett from the platform. Good morning, how's it going? Very well, thank you. Hey, um, I was I was just really interested to know. Um, I was waiting for an update because it seems to have been swept under the rug. The one million dollar bet that you were offered by Steve Kirsch. Well, we didn't agree on it. Initial- uh, we we didn't agree, Justin, on any of the conditions for that. He thought he'd say. I also got a correspondence from a large people of number of people in the United States who had taken him up on that offer, and he hadn't paid up, and he lost. He, he, he said he he said he'd put it in a trust account and no, he, he, was, he offered you. So he's a liar. Yeah. Oh, okay. But he offered to fly you to America to look at did the he, evidence. Did he? I never, I never got any written correspondence well, through my lawyers no, for that. He, he said so. He said so in an interview with you. Oh yeah. Well, he didn't follow it up. No, you you didn't take up his offer. Oh, I don't know, really, Justin. He seems to know an awful lot about it. Well, I, I, I read the guy, guy's a bullshit artist, Justin, and I said, he, he, wrote doc- he, he wrote a document laying out all the. He did, and he wrote a document. 
for the specifics of a debate, which you have obviously backed out of. No, Justin. And, so and Justin, you've also backed point, out of the million dollar offer. What's the point of your call, Justin? Well, the point is that you always bang on about evidence and all that sort of stuff. And you label anybody with a with a contrary view to yours a conspiracy theorist. No, I don't, Justin. A, a, a anybody, Justin. I, someone would actually... lay, I would label you as a conspiracy theorist or just a bit of an arsehole, Why? to be honest. Oh, because the attitude Why? you've come into this call. With, no, you've come into this call, Justin, and you're aggressive. And you're Are you really sure you're not a disinformation agent, Sean, or a oh, controlled opposition? Oh, controlled opposition. So there we go. We're way down the conspiracy theory fold now, aren't we, Justin? What's controlled opposition? Website did you get the term got the term controlled opposition from? Tell me what controlled no, tell me what controlled opposition is, mate. Controlled opposition is someone with the pretense of having a contrary view to the status quo, yet in actual fact just toes the line of the status quo, which is exactly what you've been doing with the entire vaccine and mandate narrative since Well, I don't one. know about being controlled opposition. I'm a journalist and a broadcaster and have been my whole life, Justin. You keep telling us you're a journalist and your website says you're open, tolerant... And free. And so on and so forth. And yet, but, but except... Two idiots well, like you. You're not... <laughs> You're not tolerant. You're just proving that. You're well, just resorting to just a bomb attack. Justin, you can ring him. You think I'm an idiot and a conspiracy theorist? Well, no, theorist because controlled the opposition is such a bullshit term uh, that seems to be no, commonly no. used amongst no, conspiracy not. theorists. Yes, it is, Justin. No, it's not. Do you know much about the the, 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 the workings of the FBI and the CIA? Over the, no, the, I'm the, not the, obsessed. The I'm not falling down that ra rabbit hole, Justin. And you well, obviously not a do. Rabbit hole. do they, they, you obviously think those organizations Next, you're going to ask me if I've read a certain website or seen some video from some conspiracy theorist, don't you? No. No, but you see, what, what critical thinking means you can observe information and determine and join yeah. dots. So, Justin, and, what do you do for a job? Well, you know what I've done for a job most of my I'm life. A builder. You're a, I'm build, a builder. builder. Okay, all right. What do you do? What do you build? Anything. I can build the pyramids if you want. Okay, are you employed at the moment? Okay, and you have a wife and kids? Yes. Okay, alright. <laughs> Good. Well, I don't know why then, I don't know why then you're so worried about the conspiracy theories that clearly, and I can just tell by your, by your conversation, the kind of conspiracy theories that consume you. I'm not consumed by any theories or anything of that nature. See, the thing is, and so you, why did you ring up, Justin? Why did you ring up, Justin? Well, initially, uh, I was very curious to see why um, you you turned down the offer of an easy million and a free flight and expenses paid trip to America to look at data and facts. Because I noticed you swept that one under the. Uh, and, and no, you I'm happy to talk about it, does not you? Yeah, and he never got in contact, and then he went all off on social media. No, he wasn't. And to be honest, Justin, I didn't no, think the guy was acting in good faith, and I got I got contacted by five or six people in the States who said, we've done that, we've had the de debate with him, he never paid the million dollars. Oh, who were they? Who were they? Oh, look, I, I, I can go back and find out, but to be honest, I don't really care about Oh, Steve okay, Kerr. so they're sort of just anonymous people. Of, who no, 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 in fact, we interviewed one of them, I think. Oh, 
Okay, who was that? Oh, a guy from uh, university. But look, that was a while ago. It was last year. Well, what are you doing something with that? Uh, Justin, go back and look. Actually, become a Platform Plus member. You can go back and look on the air. you guys especially on the audio stream had some technical difficulties on the video will be patched up very shortly but we will leave you there today and we'll be back tomorrow with another blockbuster program of news and analysis i'm patrick henningson your host this has been tnt today's news talk the patrick henningson show i will hand it over to the next host stay on the line top of the our news headlines coming up as well take care you guys i'll see you next replay of this hour go to episodes at tntradio.live now tnt radio news for tnt radio news this is james o'neill secretary of state antony blinken has blasted the united nations and other leaders for being so slow to condemn rapes and other sexual attacks by hamas terrorists 
Blinken was asked whether he thought the U.N. stalled acknowledgement was due to anti-Semitism. It's finally happened. The atrocities that we saw on October 7th are almost beyond human description or beyond our capacity to digest. And we've talked about them before, but the uh, sexual violence that uh, we saw on October 7th uh, is beyond anything that, uh, that I've seen either. Reports of widespread rape in Israel during Hamas's attack were first reported last month when the Physicians for Human Rights Israel published its initial assessment. Hadas Siv, the group's policy and ethics director, said, What we know for sure is that there was more than just one case and it was widespread, and that this happened in more than one location and more than a handful of times. One combat medic also told the Associated Press how he came across at least a half dozen bodies of women and men with possible signs of sexual assault. The bodies had mass bleeding around the groins, he said, with limbs distorted at odd angles. I say to the women's rights organizations, to the human rights organizations, you've heard of the rape of Israeli women, horrible atrocities, sexual mutilation. Where the hell are you? U.N. climate negotiators confirm Monday they're pushing for a deal at the COP28 climate summit that will be the beginning of the end for fossil fuels. Flying back to Dubai to add his voice to the negotiations, U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres called for maximum ambition and maximum flexibility to reach an agreement that can find consensus among the nearly 200 countries. Guterres told reporters, we're in a race against time. It's time to go into overdrive to negotiate in good faith. The Conference of the Elites in the lavish Dubai metropolis built by oil money is considering the first ever call to exit oil, gas and coal, considered by some as the main culprits in the planet's climate crisis. Neighboring Saudi Arabia, the world's largest oil exporter, has led opposition, with the OPEC cartel urging its members to vote against a phase-out of fossil fuels. The Scottish Prison Service has issued guidance saying that biological males who identify as women, including some with a history of violence against women, should be placed in female-only jails in order to allow them to spend time around people of their affirmed gender. Transgender criminals should be provided the opportunity and supported to work towards serving their prison sentence in a jail that aligns with their affirmed gender, the Scottish Prison Service said, according to the Scottish Daily Express. The guidance from the SPS argued that in doing so, it would allow trans offenders to have had the opportunity to live with those who share their affirmed gender before they're released back into the public. The prison service said that even biological males with a history of violence, including sexual offenses against women, should be given the opportunity to be placed in a female prison if there was compelling evidence that they no longer presented an unacceptable risk of harm. Even for those who are deemed to be too dangerous to be housed alongside female inmates, the SPS suggested that they be given the chance to be around female inmates, saying that there may be other ways of supporting their gender identity, for example, through access to work parties, activities, or even programs with others of their gender identity. The new guidance represents a major reversal from the SPS's decision to determine which prison criminals are sent to based on their biological sex in the wake of the scandal of a biologically male rapist, Isla Bryson, being sent to a women's prison after being convicted of raping two women while still identifying as a man in 2016 and 2019. Bryson, born Adam Graham, only claimed to be transgender after the trial began. This has been James O'Neill with your TNT News Brief. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. And that's at 8 o'clock. Right. Oh, what's going on there? Okay. Um, yes, it was something happening in my ear. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm awfully confused today. I'm, I'm a confused human being. I am. 
I am a human being. Now, uh, let's look at, uh, what do I do? I've got to play something here. We've got to play our part for TNT Radio News. We'll be back in a minute with weather. Scraping together all the news and information you need. It's engaging. At the top and bottom of the hour. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. TNT Radio. Oh, gosh, was I coughing with the microphone on? <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, six minutes past seven. Here it is. And the uh, current extremes at the moment, Kaikoura Airport, 17.1 degrees. Uh, Nugget Point is the lowest temperature, one, 6.1. And uh, see how I put the one before the six then? Lestixic. Whatever it is. And uh, Windy, Invercargill, 44 kilometres per hour. And Oamaru, I just say Omaru, like everybody else down there. Omaru Airport, two millimetres of rain falling at the moment. Temperatures right across the country. Oh, who cares? It's, um, we've got Duncan. Duncan will tell us what's going on, actually. I was speaking to Philip. Philip Duncan. I shouldn't call him Duncan, should Now, he says it may not feel much like summer today and uh, also tomorrow, but warmer air is returning later in the week for most of us. He says, uh, Philip says that the next cold front means that today and tomorrow we'll uh, again see a drop in temperatures and uh, much of our weather dominated by the windy southwesters out of the southern ocean but he said later on in the week the high pressure and the warmer westerlies are going to return now let's look at the short forecast brought to you by met service that was um duncan there uh peter oh, what am I, peter uh philip philip duncan i've been calling him duncan for ages but it's not duncan it's only because i didn't know what his name was and i knew, I knew someone told me it was duncan something <laughs> it's philip philip duncan anyway the uh, and he's a wonderful chap for the northwest uh, northern northern area <laughs> northern way way tomo behave and also Tupu, and including the Bay of Plenty, fine, and you've got cloudy periods, isolated showers mainly in the west for Taranaki and Kapati, including Taihapi, uh, Taihape, yeah, that's right. Um, you've got uh, cloudy periods, scattered showers developing this morning, and it's going to be clearing in Taumurinui and uh, northern Taranaki in the evening. And uh, for Gisborne and the Waira Rapa, also for the Manawatu and Wellington, uh, you've got to get that right, got to pronounce it. If you're going to do the Maori words correctly, you've got to at least pr- pronounce the um, the English words properly. Wellington, everyone says Wellington. Uh, find it first, showers spreading north. Is a microphone on? Yes, it is. Uh, showers spreading north, and uh, it's from midday with the hail and thunderstorms. You wouldn't believe it, but it's going to come right a bit later, apparently, according to Philip Duncan there, he was just telling us. Hail and thunderstorms possible. Then it's going to be clearing in the south during the evening. So for Nelson and Marlborough, also for Canterbury, showers spreading north this morning, possibly heavy in the east, and then it's going to be clearing in Nelson and inland, uh, Marlborough that is, and also Canterbury, but later, much later. And then for Buller and Westland, showers are possibly heavy this morning, and then it's going to be clearing in Westland from this afternoon. Fjordan, you've got frequent showers all day. And uh, for Otago and Southland, showers clearing, central Otago in the afternoon and north Otago at night. And for the Chatham Islands, showers in the afternoon with thunderstorms possible. Looking ahead at the extended forecast, because I forgot to do that, didn't I? For the North Island, tomorrow it's becoming fine. Uh, That's in the east and in the south. You've got a few showers elsewhere. In the South Island tomorrow, a few showers in the west and south. Remaining showers clearing to fine weather elsewhere. For Thursday, for the North Island, cloudy periods with isolated showers then becoming fine in the east. In the South Island on Thursday, mainly fine weather. A few showers in the west. For Friday, ooh, getting ready for Fish and Chip Day, and then it's the weekend coming up, so let's hope it's going to be all right for Saturday for the sports, you know, Saturday and Sunday, get out and do the sports. Uh, Friday, North Island, cloudy periods with isolated showers. And then it's going to be fine in the east in the South Island on Friday, the periods of rain. <laughs> rain periods in the west 
uh, possibly heavy, and you've got a few showers from Canterbury to Southland as well, but fine in the north. Chatham Islands, you've extended forecast for the listeners in Chathams. Hello, how are you? Very good, thank you very much. Uh, showers clearing late Thursday, day after tomorrow, and then you've got strong southwesterly winds that are going to be, or they'll be easing. Oh, that's good. Cloud and then northerlies developing on Friday. And if there's northerlies developing, quite often, especially those north northeasters, that could bring a bit of bad weather. But uh, not according to Philip Duncan. He says it's all going to be good. All right. Well, I'll be back in just a moment and we will hear from, oh gosh, I can't play that again. Um, I'll, be, I'll be back in a moment and we'll look at some new news. I've got new news. You know, new, isn't it? News. The word news has got new in it, isn't it? So that's what it's all about. News is all about what's new. And sometimes we rush to get the news out, rush to be new, new current affairs, that sort of stuff. And we don't get the full gist of what's going on. And we report stuff that probably some isn't right. It's called misinformation. That's accidentally misinformation. Disinformation when it's done on purpose. That's what the government do. <laughs> Cute bloke came up to me. He was like, yo, what's your name? I said, my name is her. He was like, huh? I said... Huh, H-E, sir. And he said, nice to meet you, ho. Wait. I was like, what? Excuse me? I am not a ho. You know, that's my cousin. <laughs> her mom is a ho. And her dad is a ho, too, you know? Those hoes are loyal, though. Now, what was I going to do? Uh, microphone's on. Yes. Uh, what was I going to do now? Did I, I, told you about, um, I told you about the Kiwi thing, didn't I? The tickets went on sale for the Golden Kiwi. Talked all about that. Uh, we had a look at Mark Spring. Oh, I'm not particularly fond of him now. He, miss, he was um, quite de- derogatory towards Liz Gunn, the leader of the NZ Loyal Party. Didn't like that at all. And he hasn't said anything, actually. He should be saying something because there's a lot happening overseas and he knows about it, but he's decided he's just not going to go there because he made a fool of himself, didn't he? Uh, that's what I say. We looked at um, news from Australia, abc.net. We looked at that. What else did we look at? New Zealand Herald. I'll just do a quick refresh on that and just see if there's any new headlines, and then I'll read them to you uh, in my best, as, as good as I can. My, I am dyslexic too. You, you've probably noticed that sometimes I absolutely struggle. Other times seem to be okay. Now, school counsellors, they win a $1.8 million damages for workplace stress. Oh, <laughs> good grief. Stress over student suicide deaths. How could that be? Let's see if they'll let me read it. Uh, sometimes they don't. Um, they say, no, you've got to pay money. It looks as though you can. You can read it. A husband and wife who worked at, as high school counsellors have won a $1.8 million uh, damages for a workplace stress after they dealt with 32 deaths in one community during their time at the school, including student suicides, fatal car crashes, terminal illnesses and murder. Oh, good grief. But that doesn't... Why would you be giving them money? Um, the amount, That's what you do. I mean, that's what teachers do. This, these things happen in life, don't they? The amount is believed to be the largest award made in the employment court, but Kath and Ron Cronin, Cronin Lampy, it looks like, or Lamp, with an E on the end, uh, say that while they feel great relief from the judgment against Melville High School in Hamilton, what well, as if they can afford to do that? As if, you know, put the fees up. Uh, the emotional and financial cost of the 12-year legal battle has taken its toll. It does. The lawyers are the only ones that really win out. Uh, now, according to um, the couple, they said that in our case, it has been settled expediently by the Melville College 
board, uh, school board of trustees, the emotional and financial cost to us and our family would not have been so great. Oh, sorry, if they had, I should say, read properly. Yes, if they had, but they had to go to court. Well, of course not. I mean, you're not going to fight that one, aren't you? I bet they couldn't believe that these, this couple actually won it. School counsellors are at the chalk face. <laughs> That's actually a quote. Chalk face of youth and adolescent. We used to get chalk thrown at us when we were kids by the teacher. You chuck chalk at us. Gosh, if we chuck talk chalk at the teachers, we'd end you know, up in the headmaster's office, and gosh, you'd get four of the best. A, nolly, a jolly good whipping right across your ass there. <laughs> I tell you what, it'd sting like hell, and you couldn't sit down. And uh, but boy, you didn't do it again. Um, I had, I think, the most I had was four. Some kids used to get six of the best. Anyway, school counsellors are at the chalk face of the youth and adolescent mental health. Well, if you could cane them, it would be easier. It'd be a lot easier for teachers. A lot of good teachers just leave now because they they just don't want to have children diss- dissing them, and they can't do anything about it. And the kids know it too. You see, and they taunt them. Now we hope that this judgment will pave the way for increased resources so that they have adequate support to do their work. This is just rubbish, isn't it? Rubbish. On the 5th of December, the judgment was one of uh, one of two by Employment Court Judge Bruce Corkle on the case this year. Kath and Ron worked at the Low Decile High School with a role of 900 as guidance counsellors for 16 years. I, I know people that were guidance counsellors. I just can't believe that you would even be cheeky enough to ask for something like that and that's a lot of money for a school to have to pay and who pays for it well the blimmin parents and and we do as taxpayers look at you ought to be ashamed of yourselves you know that's what it's all part of the deal when you're a counsellor bad things happen i mean you're there your children i just can't believe that silly old corker would actually would 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 award this couple how much money was it 1.8 million i think it was if i, if I remember no one yeah nearly 1.8 1.79 million dollars in damages for workplace stress what a load of bs ah oh, just makes me angry all right what else have we got oh, i lost interest in that uh, i don't know are you interested <laughs> not really a tooth fairy fined $7000 for making dentures for desperate locals the tooth fairy ah oh. Oh, this is that half-wit David Fisher. Um, anyway, let's see what he says. They call her the tooth fairy of Kaikoui. Claire, we, uh, her name is Wee Hongi Martini. Uh, she made and repaired dentures at cut price cost. Oh, good. gosh, if I'd known that, I'd take a drive all the way up to Kaikoui and get some dentures. I've got one tooth missing. I wouldn't mind a plate. I wonder if she does those. Anyway, it's all over now for her by the look of it. She had these cut price dentures, doing a wonderful service for Mari up in the far north. And uh, so for poor people in her community and doing so without a license uh, was against, it was against the law. He says, well, I suppose it is. But I mean, if you're doing a good job and no one's been dying out of it, why not? I mean, everyone has to have a license. Uh, today, you have a license for everything. Today, she was sentenced and fined. That would be last night or yesterday, I suppose, uh, for four years. No, fined. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> fined after four years in court. She's been fighting. The tooth fairy of Kaikoui has been fined $7,000. Oh, shame on government for doing that. Just give her a slap over the hand with a wet bus ticket. That's all she needs. And she's doing a good service, not hurting anybody by the look of it. Let's let's skim, skim down here. Uh, no, it looks like she's doing, doing a good job. There she is. Good on you. Um, she's 44, dubbed the tooth fairy. She must obviously interest, want to be a dental nurse. Uh, the sentence was $7,000, 3000 in reparations. Oh, and around $1,000 in court costs. I suppose the judge has got to get his cut. 
so that's good. Former broadcaster Danny Watson spoke. Danny spoke for, he spoke on her behalf. Good on you, Danny. Um, remember him? You used to be on ZB. He owned the bike, the uh, uh, cycle warehouse too, didn't he, Danny Watson? Um, he spoke on Wihongi, Wihongi Martini's on her behalf, saying that she was bound by a contract to Tikanga, because I think Danny's part married, isn't he, to provide a service for Hapu, that's sort of like a sort of sub-tribe, I think. Iwi is the big tribe, and then you've got Hapu is a small tribe, to fill a void created by the lack of services. Yeah, I agree. He said better solution than prosecution would have been for the ministry to work with um, Wihongi Martini to bring her into line with the law so that she could continue to work as she was doing lawfully. I agree. I totally agree with that. Get her in, get her on side there. Don't go finding her. She's doing a wonderful job. Now everyone's going to be walking around with um, with big gaps in their teeth. So if you go up there, they'll all look wonderful, won't they, at the moment? But gosh, in a few years' time, when the dentures, you know, they might they might need a new set. And um, now that people were just walking around with teeth missing, and it's not good to have teeth missing because then they all start wandering around inside. Did you know that? You really don't want to take teeth out if you're trying to save them. You know, I once had a tooth taken out, and I regret it actually. And not good. And get, get keep your teeth uh, because they keep all the others in line. Keep them all uh, together. Now, um, oh gosh, uh, what else we've got here for news? I don't know. Tell me, look, send me a text on 021-732-423. 021-732-423. Do you want me to keep you rabbiting on like this? Just sort of like, because I, f- I feel like I'm a, a bit of a loose end today. Or should I have more of a music station? Should I play a bit of country music and just a wee bit of news? Not too much, because we get a lot of people enjoying the country music you know when I go off it, <laughs> they really come on sometimes I, I come on the radio and they all disappear because I don't really think I don't know do you want to have talk do you want to hear me rabbiting on or would you rather hear a bit of music let me know on the text 021 I'll do what you want you know unlike politicians <laughs> I'll do whatever you like but I, I quite I'd much rather just play a bit of music if it was me instead of having to do all this but but maybe you don't want me to I don't know now oh there is another news story that's just come to light a public relations and lobby firm they've been given access to sensitive commercial commission uh, um, commerce commission documents and it was affected by a randomware attack I don't even know what randomware it sounds a bit random <laughs> Wellington lobby firm Senate uh, they had access to secret documents as it worked on communication strategies for commission projects such as uh, competition issues in the grocery emergency and uh, sorry grocery and emergency energy and building supply sectors documents obtained by Radio New Zealand under the Official Information Act. That's an OIA, they call that for short. It showed that Senate's IT provider suffered a cyber attack when documents and files were stolen by hackers. But the commission says no market or commercially sensitive information was affected by the hack. There we are. That's enough of that one. Or we'll get we'll get bored otherwise if we go into it too deep. And what else have we got? Te Papa. Uh, that's the, um, uh, what is that? Museum. Uh, the Father. It means the Father. And it's the museum in Wellington. It should remove English versions of the Treaty of Waitangi. Why? According to a legal expert. Absolute rubbish. We want to be able to read it. Read it for ourselves, and then we realise that you're pulling the wool over our eyes, saying that you know all these, all the stuffs in the treaty, and it's not saying that it's a partnership. It's absolute rubbish. England's never had a, a partnership with any anyone that they've conquered, or they didn't really conquer. They actually were given it to them. That why did why did the Maoris give 
give all the land that they, they had? Why did they cede their sovereignty to the Crown? Well, they wanted protection for a start from each other, <laughs> pretty much. People say it was because of the French. Well, possibly, but I think it's more likely that they were scared of being eaten. Uh, they lived in fear. And even up in the Cooks, my friend Bobby Moika uh, from uh, the Cook Islands, he said that um, he's spoken to, you know, great-grandparents and things like that. And they said before the Protestant missionaries arrived, gosh, it was a nightmare. You didn't know whether you were going to be alive the next day or not. You lived in fear, he said. Everybody lived in fear. And when Christianity came to the islands, um, things improved because men's hearts were changed and they didn't want to eat you anymore. And it's the same here. Um, you know, Maoris, when they became Christians, they were the greatest missionaries that ever hit the country, really. There was only a few Protestant missionaries. The Catholics, all they were interested in is, you know, reading, you know, printing hymn books up in Russell there, printing little books in, in um, uh, what would it be, not Latin. Oh, yes, Latin. It would have been Latin, and no one can understand. Keep it in Latin, then you don't know what <laughs> You can't understand the rubbish they're teaching you. You know, and keep the seven sacraments of the church and all that. But it, but really, it was the Protestant missionaries. They, they were the ones that really taught uh, Maori both how to read their own language, how to write, uh, read and write their own language. Uh, they gave them their own language, sorted out all the vowels, the diphthongs, and the consonants, got that all sorted. And they taught them both English and Maori. And not only that, those early Protestant missionaries like Kate and, um, what's the other one? I can't remember the name. But they they had the first school, I think, in a little furry. That's what we call a little hut. Uh, they call it furry. And that was up in the Bay of Ireland, somewhere up around there. And um, Thomas Kendall, that's right, and his wife, I think, she, I think she was Kate. And that was in about 1814. That was the very first school in New Zealand. And the um, British immigrant children, the um, Protestant missionaries, their children, uh, they were taught Maori as well in these little schools. So everyone was there. And then, of course, the government got involved, uh, you know, and they did the Native Schools Act. And then uh, some prominent Maoris, actually, they... They decided that we'd, they didn't want their children to be learning Māori at all, um, whereas the missionaries were teaching, you know, Māori because they thought that was a good idea, you know, to do that. But um, no, the, uh, they wanted um, Takamoana, I think was one of them. Uh, about 300 prominent Māori said, this is no blimmin' good, this is no jolly good. We need our children to speak English, and they'd be speaking in Māori, and it's a bit disrespectful anyway, speaking in Māori on the school grounds, you know, in front of everybody else. And so in the 18, I think it was in the late 1860s or early 1870s, they changed the Native Schools Act so that, uh, and it was Maori that, that wanted this, not Europeans. We always get the blame for it, you know. <laughs> they say, oh, Nana, she was smacked over the wrist for speaking in Maori. Well, that's because prominent Maori, your forebears, said they didn't want Maori to be spoken in class, or te reo, they call it now. That's just a new invention. They <laughs> even calls it te reo. It used to be Maori, <laughs> Maori language when I was young. But anyway, uh, so it wasn't our fault at all. Um, it was the law, and it was made law because of prominent Maori, thinking Maori that just said, you know, obviously brighter than the, the lobbyist. Well, they're really activists, aren't they? The, La the Labour Party. The Labour Party and the Maori Party are a flippin' left-wing activists. They're not really politicians. They're not really looking out for us. And the and the blimmin' media, they're activists. That's what they're. They're globalist, communist, blimmin' activists. And so what, now we've we had an opportunity to vote for a non-globalist party, and only twenty-seven thousand of us. Uh, made the vote officially. That's what it said anyway. Maybe more, but only twenty-seven thousand of us voted for New Zealand loyal, who are loyal to us and not to the globalists. But now we've got, we get what we asked for. We failed our IQ test again, and we voted for silly old Winston Peters and Luxon and David Seymour, who are all globalists, and uh, and not a peep, not a peep from any of them about uh, the whistleblower, a high level statistician, a high level. 
man within the Department of um, the Ministry of Health who's come, come out. He tried to warn everybody that was in his department, and they're all too scared looking after the mortgage. <laughs> didn't want to didn't lose the house because if they lost the house, if they lost the income by speaking out, because they knew what would happen, didn't they? Uh, everybody else got laid off or sacked if you say anything against the government to do with the, the, um, the, the, the vaccine, the jab, the fake vaccine. Um, they got the sack or, you know, you ended up taking early retirement, a career adjustment, if you like. <laughs> That's what you'd call it. Oh, it's 26 minutes past seven, too, as I rabbit on. Uh, so, oh, 25, oh, 26. By the time you hear it, it's probably going to be 26. I must fix that clock. Uh, anyway, so, um, and now I forgot what I was talking about. Liz Gunn. Yeah, so we all failed our IQ test, didn't we? We voted for the globalists. Again, it's the same bird. It's the globalist vulture, according to uh, Samantha Edwards. And uh, she says that's just now we've got the right wing of the globalist vulture. Uh, we've got the Act Party in New Zealand first hanging onto the tail feathers. And the left wing's a bit limp at the moment. It's been winged, hasn't it? Uh, so they've got going licking their wounds, <laughs> pruning their feathers. And um, yes, yeah, so we've got this globalist vulture run by, I don't know, who's it run by? We, nobody knows. It's fifth generation warfare. We don't actually know who's running the show. Well, I suppose you could say, well, the devil <laughs> is running it. Is that you, Lucifer? Yes, I think he's running it. But, um, I mean, you've got Klaus, you know, Klaus Schwab, and you've got, you know, I was going to say David Gates. Um, he's a singer, isn't he, actor? Um, you've got, um, um, what's his name, Bill Bill Gates. But he's not really, they're not really the people that are running it. I think it goes way deeper. And you never know who they are. They're sort of like Soros creatures, aren't they? Gosh, he's ugly. He's still alive, isn't he? Gosh, he's ugly. They, <laughs> I've never seen such an ugly man in my life. I thought I was ugly, but then I saw a photograph of him. But, um yeah, so we don't know who they are. And this is Dr. Robert Malone. That's what he says. He says, it's fifth generation warfare. We don't know who these people are. And uh, anyway, there we are. I've repeated myself. I've got it. I listen to myself sometimes. Sometimes I hate listening to myself. But when sometimes I'll hear it and I'll go, you've repeated yourself about three times. It's awful. Uh, got to stop that, Grant. Now, Sir Colin Tuki, uh, no, it's Tuku, Tuku Itonga. He has resigned as the um, what they used to call the tea water aura. It's now called public health. Isn't it Tiwata Ora? Is that the one? He's resigned as the Pacific Senate chair, citing no confidence in the government. You see, he says he's a lefty, isn't he? One of New Zealand's most prominent Pacific health leaders says he has no confidence and he's out. He stepped aside. Good, good riddance. And assisted dying two years on, and it says here, in access, uh, is access rather equal for everyone? Terminally ill patients with sound language skills that can help them describe their pain are more likely to be able to end their lives, a doctor says. I just think all that ending your life business is nonsense. Just keep people alive. Keep them alive. (laughs) They want to kill you off, don't they? As quick as possible. No, keep your, you know, you would do that. They've got, we've got plenty of, um, they've got plenty of pharmaceutical drugs now that can make you feel lovely and go into la-la land as you go out through that door of eternity and just hope you got your Bible verse. I hope you read the Bible and hope you got it right because if you didn't get it right, if you're following some other religion, you're going to end up on the rubbish dump, aren't you? Now, uh, Renee, she has uh, only started writing seriously after she turned 50 years old. She's the author and the playwright. She just goes by the name of Renee and she's died at age 84 in Wellington. And uh, there we go. Now, how do you keep teens occupied and um, out of trouble this summer holidays. Well, you can find out by going to Radio New Zealand, rnz.co.nz, and that's the heading there. Most teenagers in year 9 and 10, they they uh, join, uh, what is it, start the long, uh, it doesn't make sense. Most teenagers in years 9 and 10 join start. 
why would they put that in there? They start the long holidays summer uh, this week. The, the summer, oh, gosh, you can't read today, Grant. Most teen, I'll start again. Oh, sorry, I'll read that again. Uh, most teenagers in year 9 and 10 start the long summer school. And now it's disappeared. Gone. And now I'm on to New Zealand, extremely quiet COP. Well, maybe it's meant to go. Maybe I'm not meant to read it, because it's probably a load of rubbish anyway. Oh, no, here we are. We're back again. Uh, so they start the school holidays, don't they? And uh, so how do you keep them busy when they are young? And uh, so what do you do? If they haven't got a paid job, they need to get, get jobs. We all had jobs. We, we, had, we didn't have time to be – parents didn't have to worry about us keeping busy. We had jobs. We were picking strawberries and goodness knows what else. Um, but of course, all the immigrants they take those jobs, don't they? Because probably because they're more reliable. But when we were young, we were reliable. I had paper round. Oh, my brother had a paper round. He used to get up at like four o'clock in the morning or even earlier and deliver the Dominion. I think it was in our hometown of Levin. I don't think it was a. Chron- I did the Chronicle in the afternoon. I always wanted to be in the newspaper business, and I ended up being involved in the web offset printing. I loved it from when I was really young. I couldn't wait until I was, uh, you know, be able to have my own paper round. And we used to have these massive big boxes. I think. I think they were like the ones that you put the 750ml bottles of beer in or something something along those lines, and that would sit on the front of your bike. And by the time you got all your papers in, and you had to go and get all your papers, you'd, you'd, after school you'd go down to the Chronicle. It was the Levin Chronicle, I'm sure it was. And then, I think it's still going, I don't know. Someone tell me if it's still going, 0217324423. But anyway, we'd um, sort them all out, and then you'd get some of that glue, which is sort of like, um, or like flour and water sort of stuff, and then you'd have a strip of paper. Or oh, before you did, you'd have to look on the wall and see if you had any blueies, which meant that someone had complained that you haven't delivered the paper. And it's usually old people, you know, <laughs> old people in their, or they're old. I suppose anyone over 30 was old when I was young. And how old would I have been? I think you had to be 10 before you could get your paper around. Or it might have been nine, I don't know. It was all different in those days. The first job I ever had was in the butcher store. But anyway, and so then you'd roll your own newspapers up really tight. And you, then you could throw them, you see, because some people like them to be thrown into the yard. Others like them to be delivered in the letterbox. And sometimes, um, I, I think some kids, some people used to steal the paper, I'm sure of it, because people would pay for the Chronicle. And um, and so I got I used to get a few Louis. And if you get too many, you get the sack. But that was my, no, my first job was in the butcher store. I think you maybe you had to be 12. Oh, I can't remember. No, I was very young. Uh, so my first job, I worked in a butcher shop across the road from my dad's shoe store. And back in the day, we had um, uh, sort of um, uh, sawdust on the floor, and we used to have a big wooden chopping board. And my, one of my jo- two two jobs that I really enjoyed doing, and was um, scraping the um, chopping block with a wire brush, a big heavy wire brush. That was one job, and I used to do all the dishes as well out the back with hot water, and uh, you know clean up all the dishes, all the trays that used to come out of the window, and then towards the end of the day. Uh, around about 4.30, I think, around about then, I'd have to clear all the trays out, and then I would get in the window, take my boots off, in the window, in the actual, you know, on top of the stainless steel where they, the butcher displays things, and I would clean the window, and I would use newspaper to get a really good, a nice, clear window, and that was because the ink they used on newspapers had sort of more of a spirit in it. I think they don't, you can't, it's not so good today. <laughs> Probably make it smeary. But the, it was the newspaper. That's how I finished the windows. I, I'd use windoline or something like that. Probably methylated spirits or something like that. Wouldn't be kerosene, would it? That would be a bit smeary. But I used maybe methylated spirits. I think in those days, we didn't really have the flash stuff back in the um, late 60s, early 70s. And then finish off with the newspaper and I got a really nice shine. And I remember I was working with a guy there. He was a nice... A nice man. I, I I guess he was 
probably 30. He seemed really old <laughs> to me, but he was really kind and lovely. But the, the manager or the owner, the owner's father, he wasn't very nice to me. He used to come and just dump a whole lot of, I'd be washing, you know, doing the dishes. And then he would just dump them in my soap suds. And um, really, I like to rinse them off first before I put them in there. And, I, and I, I remember one day I said, as he walked away and out of the earshot, I said, that wasn't very smart. I said that, me at nine or ten years old. And another the man who I quite liked, he turned he put his head round the corner and he said, That wasn't very smart, was it, Grant? No. He said, I agree with you. I thought I said, Oh sorry, did you hear me? And um I thought I was gonna get told off, but he, he was on my side, he agreed with me. Okay, and so now we're talking about newspapers and oh, we're all over the place, aren't we? All right, let's play a song. Let's play a country song now. I'm gonna find one that you like because um I need to gather my thoughts and think to myself, now what am I gonna do for you next? Um. Now, warning signs. Oh, look, well, here's, this is good. This is this girl called Pearl, and you'll find her on YouTube, and I think she's a clever wee girl. She's six foot, can you believe it? I guess she's sort of in her mid-twenties, uh, but, she, but she loves her dad, and she listens to her dad. She thinks women aren't as smart as men. This is Pearl. I want to show, show some warning signs of a disrespectful wife and just some patterns that I've noticed that you can see in relationships about who runs them. Let's, let's pull it up. You married? Yeah. No, she's the best. Okay. She's a saint, and she puts up with me. And uh, I actually run jokes by her. Do you really? Yeah. Like, should I say this? Is this going to, you know, nowadays, it's always that. Should I? It's so weird now. Okay, so he's, he admits a couple things. She's a saint and she puts up. Typically, men with this mindset actually have a wife that is not a saint and typically degrades him to make him think that he is the problem. Just, just what I've noticed. He has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. We could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. And then we have another crazy billionaire, Bill Gates, says there's too many of us. His thing by 2030 is to depopulate the planet. And I, and I just wondered, like, are we part of the population that he wants to de? <laughs> depopulate? <laughs> this is too many of us. This is too, and, they, and he says it. And people go, ah, it's a conspiracy theory. This is a conspiracy theory. He said it. You can go on YouTube. He said, F-ing Bill, Bill Clinton. You know, Bill Clinton was me. Bill Gates. I'm sorry, I was thinking about Epstein's Island for a second. <laughs> so, Bill Gates, you go see on YouTube. He says, one of the goals for, by 2030s is, is to lower the population of the planet. And one of the ways to do that is using vaccines. It's like, what? And people go, no. That's a conspiracy theory. So, he f-ing said it. You can go see, he said, yeah, but it's a conspiracy theory to think, you know, he meant what he said. <laughs> says, what? He said it. He meant it. He's doing it. And it's working. <laughs> and people go, nah. 24 minutes, is it? Yeah, 24 minutes to eight. We'll have TNT Radio News at eight. Thanks for joining me. I, uh, I, enjoy, I enjoy having a bit of company. It's quite good. Sitting here, talking to yourself, looking out the window, looking at the lovely cows and and looking around the hills, it's it's all good. I hope it lasts. I'm, I'm going to miss this. Um, you know, I'll look back at this time here at the farm. Um, I, I will miss it. So I've got to enjoy it because um, that's the thing, isn't it? We um, we don't realise. I mean, you, you think about it. We, you know, back when you were a kid, 
when you're young, I mean, you miss you miss those times, and at the time you don't really realise just how how that you will miss them. And there's actually a song by uh, now who is it by Trace Atkins saying it's called "You're Gonna Miss This." It's a beautiful song, uh, but I've got one lined up for you from Eric Church. I like him. He, he <laughs> I like him. But anyway, listen to this. Tell me what you think of this. Is a bit funny, Melanie. Actually, after this, then we'll hear from Eric Church. How about that, Melanie? I'm single, you're single. What do you say we get married? Well, I'm glad you finally decided on the direct approach. Yeah, well, I'm a businessman at heart. As am I. What's your offer? Single rich male seeks matrimony. Primary residence? Westchester County. Would you be open to considering a secondary residence in Manhattan? Central Park West? South. Done. (laughs) Time spent together? Eight hours, five days a week. Seven hours, 12 hours, weekends. 55 hours aggregate, specifics to be determined later. I'm amenable to that, children. One, three, two, done. (laughs) But one of them has to be a male. I'll see what I can do. Vacations. December, Hawaii. June, the vineyard. June, fine, but Hawaii. Nope, the vineyard. Is that a deal breaker for you? I'm afraid so. Me too. Well, we gave it a shot. (laughs) I'm sure you'll find a better match. Thanks for the time. That is funny, isn't it? Uh, 21 minutes to 8 And uh, this is Eric Church Tell me what you think of uh, this guy uh, I think he's really good Good old Eric Great voice, great swagger Have a listen I love sleeping in on Saturdays And I love college football games I love not acting my age And good barbecue I'm a fan of Faulkner books And anything my mama cooks Smallmouth bass have got me hooked On Sunday afternoons Yes, I love good cold beer And mustard on my fries I love a good loud honky-tonk It rocks on Friday nights And hell yes, I love my truck But I want you Your love the most Man, I love how red man tastes Damn, I love my nice car race Any song sung by George Strait Is country at its best Yes, I love good cold beer And mustard on my fries I love a good loud honky-tonk It rocks on Friday nights Hell yes, I love my truck But I want you to know Honey, I love your love the most I love Rocky 
Eric Church there, I love you and love the most. And it uh, didn't really go long enough. <laughs> I was quite enjoying that. I do like Eric Church. Now, who have I got coming up after eight? We've got uh, Bailey Zimmerman. If you like um, country music, you stick around. Stick around. It's going to be great. Uh, Tegan Gaze, she's in there. Hardy, it's, uh, they've got a new song there. One beer. A lot of beer drinking songs there. Beer. Yeah, uh, Brad Paisley's got an old, that's an old one, I think. He's there with Kerry Underwood. And uh, we've got, have I got Eric Church again? Eric Paisley as well. There's another one there, Eric, pa- or oh, Paisley, I should say. Eric. And who else have we got? Craig Morgan, that's an old one from him. Might even have Mary Jane Tomasi. She might come in and uh, give us a country biography a country biography as well. Hey, actually, before we do anything, let, have a listen to this one. This is the Mr. Bones, and it's by Kieran Kane, Kevin Welsh, and Fats Kaplan. And my good friend, who I can't mention... <laughs> I can't mention who he is because he's very high up in government things. Um, He loves this song. Tell me what you think.
the sun in one hand, child, full moon in the other, and let the stars above your head circle like a crown. Take this song for what it's worth, maybe it's worth nothing. It's just a foolish trick tune I learned from Mr. Bones. Kieran, uh, Kieran Kane, his name is. Uh, Kieran Kane, uh, Kevin Welsh and Fats Kaplan there uh, with uh, Mr. Bones. Uh, look it up on YouTube and download and <laughs> get some. You'll have a look at them. They're great. So I just I love that. It's kind of really basic, isn't it? No drums, no big band, just, you know, tap in the foot. And uh, that's to me, I think that's some of the best country music out there, actually. Uh, in my opinion, my humble opinion. Now, I've got a bit of comedy coming up here. It's um, 14 minutes to, I think it is, around about that, 14 minutes to 8. And as I've said, uh, as I repeat, repeat it, repeatedly repeat, um, we'll have TNT Radio News coming up at 8 o'clock. Now, and also, I was going to play the Morning Focus. That's the bulletin that the New Zealand Herald put out. Uh, but I might do that a bit later on. There'll be a new one that's come up. This one's a bit old now. It's all about the vaping ban, fair pay, and all that ceasefire and all that rubbish. And um, so we'll give you, I think they, their one comes out after eight. So I'll put that on maybe eight or nine o'clock uh, while I'm working. I can listen, I can listen to my own radio station, listen to the country. I love it, actually. I love the country music. I hope you do too. And um, let me know, do you want me to play a bit more music and not so much jibber jabbing or um, talking, that is? Or do you want me to just keep, you know, rabbiting on? Because uh, I, I find it quite tedious, you know, and I listen to myself, I think, oh, gosh, what did you say that for? Oh, you idiot. You know, and sometimes I can't read the articles very well uh, because I am dyslexic or dyslexic or however you say it. And um, so, you know, and it's just, so I find it painful actually listening to me. But uh, you tell me, I can do music, I can do radio, you know, music, I can do that fine, easy. Um, but um, talking all the time is, is a bit uh, tricky, I find. Uh, now I'm going to do a refresh on things because what I was I should have been preparing myself, but I was busy just listening to that song. I thought it was really good. Then I had to pop outside and see a man about a racehorse. Uh, but now we're okay. Uh, so nothing new. Poor old Tooth Fairy up north there. She's been helping people. Her name is Claire Wehongi Martini. She's been fined seven thousand dollars plus court costs and all the other rubbish that goes with it. She's been fitting dentures and Northland and good old Danny Watson from the Cycle Warehouse. Remember him in the old days, and he was a broadcaster as well. Uh, not a very good one, I would. <laughs> but, oh, I shouldn't say that. I thought, you know, they need to train them, I think. You need to be trained if you're going to go into that sort of business. You can't, can't. But now they just want to have any old person, don't they? They can, you know, barely string a sentence together. And uh, it's poor, poor grammar and, you know, poor pronunciation. I, I don't really like it. But anyway, the tooth fairy. Uh, so that's, that's a real shame. And but I do agree with what Danny Watson said, that she should have been uh, taken into custody. No, no, she should have, she should have been... Um, given some help so that she could become a qualified, you know, she probably must have been, you know, she must have done something, might have been a dental nurse or something, school dental nurse, but there she was. Maybe she saw it on YouTube. You can learn an awful lot. Um, you know, you can just about learn anything. Now, what did I do yesterday? I couldn't figure it out. That's right. I couldn't get the hoses into the, um, couldn't get the hoses 
uh, for my post driver into the back of the tractor. Now I've got one of those Kubotas. It's a ninety-five. It's an M95S. It'd be the sports model, I suppose. And um, oh, it's quite a grunter. It's big enough. It's all we need here. Anyway, I couldn't get the hoses in the back. I never had this trouble, and I did something wrong. I couldn't get them in, and um, so I had to. Um, I looked on YouTube to find out how to do it. And so, so it's easy, isn't it? YouTube's quite handy for those sorts of things. But if you want to find out about anything to do with real health or, you know, anything to do with, uh, you know, sort of the, the vaccine, you know, the stuff we're not allowed to talk about, the medical intervention, as Richard Vobes calls it, uh, you won't find anything on YouTube. I had my entire YouTube tan- channel taken down and I had lots of people. It was called Liberty NZ and it was on um and the other one, I've changed it to Liberty and said, but that's a new one. I've only got about 500 people on there. We had thousands of people, and they just took me down, no warning, nothing, as soon as I mentioned anything about the vaccines or anything negative, you know, about don't don't take them, don't do it, don't do it. Oh, no. So oh, I suppose it'll all come out one day about how they've tried to murder us. There'll be, you know, the remnant left, you know, the people left, the half a million people that'll be left on Earth <laughs> to tell the story after they've killed off eight and a half billion of us. Um, and, you know, it seems to be a multi-pronged attack, doesn't it? Not only are they killing people straight away, I think, and um, according to Barry Young, uh, his report, his data, um, they're killing people like, instantly, <laughs> you know, young people especially, with and people are getting injured as well with myocarditis and pericarditis, but also... Um, pregnancies as well. It looks as though that it's affecting you. It's almost like it's planned, isn't it? Oh, what if it is? Um, and uh, Steve Kirsch doesn't want to go there. He just wants to get people to, to ask the question, what's in the vaccine? What's in it? And, you know, we need to start thinking, he says. He's not really interested in, you know, whether it's, um, you know, a conspiracy. He just wants people to look at the data. And no one's looking at the data. No one knows what's in it. No one cares, he said. The public don't care. The doctors don't care. The, the doctors are dishing this stuff out. And they don't know what's, what they're giving people. I mean, that's just shocking. That's why I wouldn't go to a doctor, uh, especially after COVID. I wouldn't go anywhere near them because you can't trust them. You know, if they if they're not if they if they're just following the leader, you know, with a silly groupthink thing, if they if they're doing that, well, gosh, I wouldn't trust them with my health. So we, according to Dr. Sam Bailey, and you'll find her over at drsambailey.com. Uh, so that's dr. Sam Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y dot com. She says we've got to be concerned about our own health. We've got to take control of our own health. There's no rush. Why do you need to rush off and see a doctor, she says. And this is a woman who's had probably 15 years' experience, and her husband's a doctor as well. So between them, they've got over 30 years' clinical experience. I mean, they were working in the hospital system there as well. And it was all she was all fine and dandy, had, a, had her own television program about health until COVID broke. And then she started saying things against the vaccine and started to wake up and think, hang on, what's going on? She's a really intelligent. She's one of the great doctors, her and her husband, Mark. And all we left with the state doctors... But anyway, she said, you need to take charge of your own health, your own body. You know better than any doctor how you feel. And sometimes, you know, you describe, I've had this experience where you describe symptoms to a doctor and they don't really know what you're talking about. They think it's something else. They just, you know, and it's, they don't get, you don't have long enough. Like the homeopaths in the old days, Hahnemann said it would take three hours. And he was the master of modern homeopathy, really, because I'm sure that that um, um, Hippocrates did homeopathy because back in 450 BC, he said, let likes be cured with likes. Except he said it in Latin. <laughs> similar similar bush carantia or something like that, something along those lines.
So he was obviously doing homeopathy and probably Luke too from the Bible. He was probably into um, homeopathy, I would think. <laughs> Let's hope. And we know that according to my friend Bobby Moika from the Cook Islands, he said that the missionary uh, Darren Buzzicott, he was the missionary to the Cooks, uh, Rarotonga, he said uh, that he was homeopath. He's got all this information on him. It'd be interesting to have a have um, Bobby on actually and do an interview with him and talking about that and how Bobby's the one that said that they were so happy when uh, the Christianity came to the islands because they were busy eating one another and he said we everybody lived in fear. But anyway, getting back to Dr. Sam Bailey, I'd highly recommend you go over there and listen to her uh, because uh, she's got. I mean, you did, I mean, for her, one of her latest ones is about. Um, penicillin and um, antibiotics and she can't find any evidence they can't find evidence that they actually do work and you think oh they do or they must do you know (laughs) there's actually no real evidence they do what works is uh, the surgeon actually removing the dead matter removing the pus and all the others all the other things that are causing you know the dead skin that has to be removed from the organism, from us, or the animal, whatever it is you're treating. that Once that's done and everything's all kept nice and clean and tidy, then the body's able to heal. And the other thing is too, is if your body isn't healthy, if we don't have good terrain in our bodies, then we can't fight off um, bacteria, you know, when we get infection rather. And um, so you've got homeopathic, the homeopaths, they use two main remedies. Now, this is what they used to use on the battlefields before the introduction of um, penicillin. And that was a belladonna, which is deadly nightshade. And they would use a homeopathically prescribed, very below Avogadro's number, very, nobody home. It's just water, <laughs> water, a bit of alcohol. They just stopped the water going off over the years. So belladonna was one. And the other one was um, uh, bryonia. And so those two, and they could tell which one they were going to use for, and this is for a wound, you know, on the battlefield, which one they would use. They could tell by which, whether the, whether the patient, you know, the soldier lying on the battlefield, whether he was lying on the wound or whether he couldn't bear to lie on the wound. So he could, and, and so that, that was one of the main telltale symptoms that the homeopaths that were on the battlefield, because they were, I mean, they don't like to tell you this, but they were, they were homeopaths on the battlefield and um, in the medical corps. And uh, so they would use them. And I can't remember whether it's um, better for pressure, whether it's bryonia or belladonna, I can't remember. And of course, we're told not to remember. Don't try and remember all the remedies because there's thousands of them and you can't possibly. Uh, and see, whereas the, the pharmaceutical industry, all they've got is just a, you know, just a handful of drugs. They? And they're drugs. They're not, rem- they're not real remedies. They don't really work. They're not proper medicine, real medicine. Not all medicines work. Even in the Bible, it says, you know, uh, some medicines are good and others are useless. And um, they're not really medicines, are they? They're just drugs, just pharmacia, uh, which is sorcery. And uh, so the, the older I get, the more I realize that that's exactly what pharmaceutical industry is. It's just all about sorcery. Um, and we've got news coming up. What have we got now? We've got four minutes to go to news. And so we were talking about the tooth fairy. And have I got time to um, play a little co- comedy? Let me do that. Let me do that. Uh, but I would definitely, I would definitely take control of your own health uh, you can learn look you can go on YouTube and you can learn about health um, that's where doctors go quite often they go and learn stuff everything I've, some of the new businesses that I've started I've learned from from the, the last one I started I learned how to do this business on YouTube 
and you know you can you can do that no i've made a lot of money uh, and i've helped myself out i haven't had to ring people up and say how do you do this like with my um tractor the other day i couldn't i'm not sure i started telling you that and then i forgot to finish it couldn't get the hoses into the back of the tractor and that was because there was a pressure build up in the hoses i didn't i didn't make sure all the pressure was out of those hydraulic hoses so what i had to do was i had to just um crack um where they go into the the um where the levers are uh, I had to just crack the, um, the hoses there and a little bit of um, hydraulic fluid dripped out and then I could push the little button because it was all under pressure and uh, incredible pressure with hydraulics and then I was fine but I was struggling there for ages, I had oil all over my hands which you shouldn't do, you should actually wear gloves when you're doing that, you silly boy so I had to go and wash my hands because your skin is an organ, I don't know, did you realise that? Your skin is the least of all organs but it is an organ so I mean you wouldn't soak your kidneys in hydraulic fluid would you? So you wouldn't want to be handling it either really, or acetone all that, remember in the old days we used to just get kerosene or uh, I think it was kerosene, turps, that's right, we, after we'd been painting with oil paint we'd, uh, we'd um, soak our hands in turps and rub it all off with a rag and it's really bad really bad for you so you want to wash that off as fast as you can because it absorbs into the skin because it's an organ <laughs> and uh, so that is um, a crazy thing to do but that's the sort of thing we used to do in the in the, um, the bad old days didn't we okay um, we're coming close to TNT Radio News and I don't know whether I should just keep chit-chatting or not um, because I think they're a minute over now. For some reason, the news doesn't start at 8 o'clock. won't start at 8. It's been a minute late, which is why we end up picking up the tail end of... Um the tail end of uh, of TNT Radio. Gosh, I hope the level's all right. I've just better adjust it. Looks like it's a bit light there. I'll just bring it up a little bit there. I hope that's all right. Okay, now uh, let's uh, play a bit of comedy, and uh, I'll shut up for a moment. This is good. I like this girl. She's funny Chinese girl. As you can tell from my outfit, that uh, I was made in China. <laughs> yes. Look, guys, I'm really sorry for the COVID. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry for it, but uh, I didn't do it. I was here the whole time. I know. <laughs> yeah, last year I was roaming around the city, and this guy just yelled at me. He was like, yo, go back to China. I was like, sir, there's no flight. <laughs> Professor Peterson. Oh, she's I funny, isn't students. she? I teach trans students, and I'm asked often to call people singularly they and my general feeling has been whatever they ask just go with it and let's change our usage of the pronoun how would you know which students to discount as opposed to which ones to go along with well first of all i wouldn't know but i have to be responsible for what i say based on my willingness to take responsibility for my judgment so i would be willing to do that despite the fact that i might be wrong but that's not the issue for me the issue is now i'm compelled by law to do so it's like no not doing it not now, because it's compelled by law. One more thing to say, because sure. I'm not going to take up any more space. Okay. Are you saying psychological theory has nothing to teach us about this? Because you're talking around my question. Generally, the devil's in the details, right? You have all these students. You have to make a judgment in the moment that is dependent on the variables that present themselves in a very complex way in that situation. There we are, that's Jordan Peterson there, and we're just waiting to go to TNT Radio News. They're, they're actually having some technical difficulties at the moment. Also, remember, after 8 o'clock, or maybe don't remember because I don't know if I've told you. <laughs> I think I did. Barry Smith, um, we've got him on with an interview with Howard. Howard somebody, who? what's his name now? Howard... Um Howard Conder. Uh, this was done in 1988. I've mistakenly put 19. 19- 
88, but it's actually 1998 that he did this interview. This is Barry Smith. I think you'll enjoy it. So we're crossing over now to TNT Radio Live, and uh, they will give you the news. Uh, so we'll see you after the news. Play of this hour. Go to episodes at tntradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. In Berlin, thousands of people rallied against anti-Semitism on Sunday amid a significant rise in anti-Jewish incidents in Germany. This uptick followed the attack on Israel by the Hamas terrorist group two months ago. Police estimated the turnout at approximately 3,200 people, despite the rainy weather while event organizers claimed a participation of 10,000. The protests under the banner Never Again Is Now culminated at the Brandenburg Gate. An organization monitoring anti-Semitism in Germany reported a sharp increase in such incidents in the month following Hamas's attack. The number of anti-Semitic occurrences documented was 994, marking a 320% rise compared to the same period in the previous year. The event garnered broad support, including endorsements from the Speaker of the German Parliament and the Mayor of Berlin. The Australian government is allocating $17 million to support small and medium-sized enterprises in implementing artificial intelligence technologies. This funding will be used to create five new AI-adopt centers across the country. Industry and Science Minister Ed Husick announced the launch of this initiative, which aims to facilitate the safe incorporation of AI into business operations. These centers, each valued between 3 and $5 million, will be open for applications from companies or research organizations interested in developing them. The primary role of these centers will be to offer specialized training to SMEs, helping them build skills necessary for effective AI management. Once operational, the centers will provide their services to businesses at no cost. Minister Husick emphasized that this network of centers would offer straightforward and practical guidance to businesses on integrating AI into their work processes. So what you're seeing with the EU, you're going to see happen in a lot of other countries, and they're going to engage uh, a lot more in this in a way that in the past it was a bit, a bit of, well, you can self-regulate, do this on your own, and now governments are saying with the way that the technology is evolving, we've got to be a bit more hands-on. In a significant overhaul of its migration policies, the Australian government is set to focus on student visa holders to extend their stay in the country without a definite plan for permanent residency. Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill highlighted that this move aims to address the issue of permanent temporariness, a major concern in the Australian migration system. As part of the government's efforts to bring migration numbers back to near pre-pandemic levels, measures are being introduced to limit long-term temporary residencies. According to government statistics, the number of temporary migrants in 2023, not counting visitors and transit visas, reached 2.2 million, a substantial increase from 700,000 in 2000. A significant portion of these individuals have remained in Australia for more than five years. Minister O'Neill pointed out that the lengthy duration of Australia's graduate visas, which can extend up to eight years post-graduation, is a contributing factor to this situation. To tackle the issue of permanent temporariness, 
The government plans to shorten graduate visas and discontinue practices that enable graduates to extend their stay in Australia, especially when they're unlikely to obtain permanent residency. We've got sluggish prosperity growth, which is affecting the wealth of Australian households. We've got a really fast ageing population and we do not have the workers we need to care for them. We've got an urgent need to transition to a net zero economy and we don't have the skills and capabilities here to do it. And we face the most challenging geostrategic circumstances in our region that we've seen in 70 years and we need to build sovereign capabilities fast. Migration can help us answer all of these challenges. It's not the full answer to any of them, but it's part answer to all of them. But only if we get this system working for the country again. And the reforms that Minister Giles and I are announcing today will help us do just that. This has been James O'Neill with your TNT News Brief. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. Thank you, James. And it's five past eight, and I'll be back in a moment with weather. Scraping together all the news and information you need. It's engaging. At the top and bottom of the hour. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And I was just talking with my good friend Philip Duncan, and he says that uh, it may not feel very much like summer today and uh, tomorrow, but he said it's uh, the warmer air is returning later on in the week for most of us. The next cold front, which means that today and tomorrow, uh, they're going to see a drop in temperatures. And most of our weather is dominated by this windy sou'wester that's out in the Southern Ocean. But he said later in the week, we've got a high pressure that's going to be moving in and warmer westerlies will return. Now, let's look at the extremes right now. And it looks as though Kaikoura, Kaikoura Airport has 22 degrees right now at six minutes past eight. Uh, the lowest temperature is in Nugget Point with 6.9 degrees. Usually Nugget Point's the windiest, but it's Castle Point today. They've overtaken 50 kilometres per hour there. And the wettest place to be is Westport on the west coast of the South Island. They've got 12 degrees and it's 2.6 degrees in temperature. Now, let's look at the short forecast. For Northland to Waitomo, Taupo, including Coromandel Peninsula and the Bay of Plenty. Fine and cloudy periods today. Isolated showers mainly in the west. For Taranaki, Tomarunui, Taihapi and Wanganui. That's Wanganui. There's no H in it. <laughs> cloudy periods. Scattered showers developing this morning and uh, clearing in Taramanui. And the, I'll t- get you back. Taramanui and northern Taranaki this uh, this evening. For Gisborne to Wairarapa, also for Manawatu and Wellington. I just hate hearing it, don't you? That Manawatu. <laughs> I don't know why. I just... I don't know why. I mean, we used to pronounce Maori words when I back, did when I was back in radio like 100 years ago, but we didn't sort of didn't sort of make didn't we didn't sound like Maoris when we were saying it. We just we I'm pretty sure we pronounced them properly, you know, correct vowels and that sort of stuff, which after all that was all taught to the Maori by the early Protestant missionaries anyway. But none of us um we didn't sound like we were, you know, like we didn't just like go from speaking English and then into that. We didn't do any of that stuff. It was just, we would just say, I mean, now they want to say toe, don't they? Toe. But we just said Taumaranui. I mean, it's just sort of a night, it just sounded good. But, and then, but of course, every, all the New Zealanders, back when we were doing that, people were laughing at us because everyone else called Taramanui, Taramanui. <laughs> didn't they? Anyway, back to the weather. Uh, should I start again? No, no. So Taranaki, Taramanui, Taihapi, Wanganui, done that. Gisborne and the Wire Wrapper, also Manawatu to Wellington. You have uh, fine at first today. It's going to be for you. So you obviously know that already. Uh, showers spreading north from midday with hail and thunderstorms possible. And then it's going to be clearing from the south during the evening. For Buller and Westland in the South Island, showers possibly heavy this morning. And then clearing in Westland 
from the afternoon. For Fiordland, frequent showers. Nelson and Marlborough, Canterbury also. Uh, Canterbury, yes, you've got showers spreading north this morning, possibly heavy and thundery with hail in the east, and then you've got showers becoming isolated towards the evening. For Otago and Southland, showers clearing in central Otago this afternoon, and then north Otago at night. And finally, for the Chathams, showers this afternoon with thunderstorms. Well, that's my lot. Well, there you are. That's my lot. Nine, eight minutes past eight. And uh, thank you very much for joining me. I hope you've enjoyed the uh, the banter. And uh, so uh, right now, I've got the good old Barry Smith. He's coming up after Douglas Murray. Should we hear him? Oh, that's all about. It's all about the terrorists, isn't it? We'll forget Douglas. We'll put him down there. We can play him tomorrow annoy everybody tomorrow and then we've got some great songs coming up we've got Rascal Flats they've just put out dozens and dozens and then all of a sudden they just stopped doing anything in 2021 it was after one of the band members got caught doing a I think he was drinking and driving they called it a DUI I think over there I don't know what they call it here. Maybe the same drunk and drunk and disorderly, drinking under drinking under <laughs> drinking, drinking under the influence. And so that was the end of it. And they cancelled the last concert they had booked, and that was it. Done. 2021. Nothing since. And fantastic voices they have. So at least we've got the records, haven't we? We've got a record of it, and we can hear them. Bailey Zimmerman. He's fairly new. A song coming up called Religiously. Uh, Rascal Flats, as I said. Also Mark Willis. Uh, Zach Bryan's in there, and uh, a new a new song from Tegan. Uh, her name is Tegan Gaze. She's in there. Uh, Laura McKenna, an old one from her, and uh, what else have we got? Hardy, that's fairly new. Uh, Brad Paisley's there, along with Eric Pasley. Pasley, a song called. Um, she don't love you, <laughs> and then Craig Morgan. So there we are. That's going to take you up to. Um, well, uh, how long will that take you for? Take you to? That'll take you up to oh, well past nine o'clock. So there we go. So here's Barry Smith, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Lord willing, I hope I make it. I hope I don't get killed by a tractor or something like that. Uh, anyway, put, did I tell you I put those four posts in yesterday with the post rammer, and um, so I'm going to put a cover over the top, and uh, it's going to be corrugated iron, and uh, that will be my my medication trough. It's got, uh, over the top of the trough. Did I say what I put it over the top of? Trough. Water trough. So I'll put the homeopathic remedies into the trough. So we've got a few ticks with some of the animals, um, some of the friendly ones that come up, and I give them a bit of a pat, and I felt a tick there. I saw it. I didn't want to pull it off because you don't know. You pull the little sack off, but you leave the you leave the, the actual um, tick itself inside, and you don't want that. could get infected. So we're going to use Ledum palustra. And you can look that up online, Ledum palustra. It's also very good for tetanus as well. If you get, um, if you get, basically all tetanuses, this is just a nonsense. You know, they say, well, have you had your tetanus? They're always trying to ram you, give you tetanus. And, you know, you don't want to take any rubbish like that. And, you know, and really, any puncture wound can get infected. And, and normally a puncture wound where, where it doesn't bleed. So you want to make sure that you're able to, be, and it, what happens is the skin heals up, um, but it leaves bacteria uh, which the the body forms bacteria around anything any any dirty anything that's invaded the skin got got in there and you've got it's got to be cleaned out and so you have to open it up really that's the only way and it's no good taking antibiotics no good taking tetanus and all that rubbish here we are giving medical advice <laughs> I get stuff I do what I like and. Um, so, yeah, you've just got to, I mean, I'm here to help. That's what we're here to help, not to crush. So um, you've just got to make sure any puncture wound has to bleed. And so that's why people get tetanus. Tetanus is not tetanus, not some dreaded lurgy that's lying in the soil. It's just a puncture wound that where the body heals, heals it too quickly. And, but, the, and it's, but it's, it needs to actually 
um, it'll form pus and it can't get out. So and then it gets infected. So you want you've got to be able to clean up that wound, make sure it's nice and t- tidy, and then uh, that's what you need to do. No good taking antibiotics. They all they do is deplete your natural immunity. So you just uh, you you need a surgeon. That's what you need. Uh, to um, remove uh, any dead matter, any foreign matter that could cause the body to um, uh, form a sac around the area to protect the rest of the body, and then it will start to get infected. And if it can't get out, so sometimes you need silica, actual fact. Silica will drive things to the surface. And so, yes, yeah, so you need some silica. That will help if you haven't got a surgeon or you're too frightened to do, you know, open up your wound. Um, Yep, silica will often bring things to the surface. That's a homeopathic remedy. It's basically just seashells, isn't it? Just uh, oyster shells, I think silica is. And um, then once you've done that, probably to tidy it all up, you definitely you definitely want to have a lead and palustra for any, any form of puncture wound. Ticks is one of those. It's a puncture wound. That's what the tick does. And so um, we will be treating all our stock. And next summer, I didn't do it last year because I didn't think we had any ticks, but I have got friendly calves now and I can actually feel there are some ticks. So those young ones, they get in there and they they can actually deplete. If the ticks get in, the young uh, calves can not grow so well and they don't put on the weight that we want. And it's all based on weight. How you make a profit with a dry stock is, is all to do with how much weight you can get. Uh, and so you've got to build them as quick, quickly as possible and get them out and get new ones in. Otherwise, you know, that's where the money is uh, without spending a fortune on pharmaceutical drugs, which is what we don't want to do. So we'll get the and it only, you know, it doesn't cost anything because I can I can make up my own remedies. I've got lead and palustra there. But if you didn't say you would just go to the farm, pharmac, get, well, just be careful where you buy them from. Make sure that the homeopathic remedies aren't kept on shelf where direct sunlight could go in because direct sunlight will antidote the remedies and they'll just be useless. So yeah, be, be very wary of that. Uh, but you could just go and buy a Natrafarm one. They're, they're good. Um, and there's also Similia, Similim, 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 I think they call themselves. They're down in Wellington. They're a pharmaceutical... Um, uh, store. They're not pharmaceutical. They're a homeopathic store, like a pharmacy, but they're you know commercial. They supply uh, to the public, but they also supply to homeopaths all over the place as well. So that's uh, good. And so yeah, and it does work. And I've done quite a bit of research on that, and also looking at the repertory. Uh, but you can look online too. There's some homeopaths out there that give you give you some help. And I've actually got a book called Homeopathy in the Home, which was published by the head of our school, Derek Pierce. Uh, the New Zealand School of Homeopathic Medicine, Medicine, which I have a certificate, a practice certificate, and I, I achieved that. Um, gosh, I studied for ages, but I, I think I finally got that in 2003. So I've had it for you know 20 years, haven't I? Gosh, I've been home for 20 years. And I did it as a living for a while in Wakatani when I lived there. Uh, and uh, I remember one boy, oh, my goodness me, he came in and he had uh, it was like psoriasis. It looked like psoriasis, just this terrible rash. And he couldn't concentrate at school. His learning was terrible. Couldn't just he had terrible attention. And the parents were beside themselves. The doctor. I think the best place to start oh, probably. Hold on. Oh gosh, I just touched the um, keypad. Here's the older man. And it started. Oh, that's good to know. I'll go back, and we'll have Barry, Barry Smith coming up in a minute. Sixteen past it is now, isn't it? Let's have a look. I'm still no fifteen. All right. Yeah. So um, I was going to tell you about this child, and he came to me, and uh, parents brought him in, and uh, and uh, being everywhere, doctors are giving him betnovate and all that sort of rubbish, which is the worst thing you can give a give a child because. A skin eruption will cause, um, if you suppress a skin eruption, it can cause death <laughs> at worst. It can cause um, epilepsy. Uh, the worst thing you can do is to suppress a skin eruption. Never do that. And never cut anything out. If you've got something growing on your skin, don't cut it. You know how the doctors want to take the moles off? No, that's a telltale sign. That's like taking your car 
to the to the mechanic and saying, look, I've got this red light on on the dash. It says oil. Uh, can you fix it, please? And instead of him actually fixing the problem with the car, whether it might be short of oil or there's um, the pump inside that you know that's not sucking the oil up and sending it around the engine properly, instead of the mechanic doing that, he just says, oh yes, I'll fix that for you. And he goes and whips, gets and takes the dashboard out and whips the red light out, the warning light. And that's what you're doing when you suppress skin eruptions or when you cut out moles and things like that. When they tell you and you go to the mole map and they tell you, oh, you've got to get rid of that. Or you have an operator or your biopsy. Even they, they are suppression. You're suppressing the dis-ease. The skin, the vital force naturally uh, presents problems that are wrong with the terrain in the body onto the skin first. And then the real, the real, um, um, uh, what do you call them? Um, names just gone out of my head. Physicians, the real physicians, they'll look at that and they go, ah, ah, that's that's one of the symptoms. That's one of the presenting symptoms. So they'll write that down, and then they'll look at all the other presenting symptoms from head to toe, mental, emotional, all the skin stuff, all the sort of rare and peculiar that sort of, and they put it all down, and they and they're looking for the totality of symptoms, and then they and it takes ages, three hours to be any, if you're any good. I mean, there's computers out there which help now with them you know prescribing but you know Hahnemann took three hours to do a constitutional case they would call it case taking it's like a consultation so you imagine if you're in your doctor for three hours what he'd charge you <laughs> 15 minutes and it's 35 bucks isn't it at least uh, some of them are even dearer and they get paid by the government as well uh, in the UK the uh, the NHS they homeopathy is on that and it's also funded by the they have royal patronage as well so that's good. But here in New Zealand, they're all quacks. A lot of a lot of the homeopaths are quacks, I have to say, in this country. We need to have uh, fully medically trained doctors uh, trained in homeopathy. And that was the one that I went to because I think it's quite – I don't think it's a good idea to treat yourself. And uh, so I went to a homeopathic doctor. He was an Indian fellow by the name of Saini. He used to be over in Manukau Road when I lived in Auckland. And uh, I took the kids there. So, you know, you're jumping through the hoops. You're doing the right thing. Um, they were registered with um, – with with uh, with him, and he yet he prescribed homeopathically for us. He was a modern homeopath. I didn't agree with everything that he did because I was trained classically, but I still you know. And he will also never tell you what he's giving you. Oh no, 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 to give you, not to let to tell you what it is. You'll do better. But uh, I didn't like that. I think it's important. I think everyone has the right. We need to know what's going into our body. Absolutely vital. I think it's terrible that they did that. So it was one of the things where really I almost f- fell out with them. But I don't think. That's right. I think that you need to know what your doctor or your physician, whether it's homeopath or allopath, you need to know what it is they're giving you, what's in it, uh, so that you can do your own research. And there's nothing wrong, contrary to Sean Plunkett, there's nothing wrong with doing your own research. It's called thinking. (laughs) It's called using your brain. And uh, so never allow anything to go into your body. Never. Unless you know what it is. You know what it's made up of. I mean, I'm frightened of even uh, buying food at the supermarket. What's in it? I don't buy chicken because what's in it? I don't know whether they've filled them full of antibiotics, which don't work, and all the antibiotics do is make you sick. They make the animals sick. I mean, that's why I, I think that, you know, um, a lot of beef stock wouldn't last very long with all the um, the jabs they give them, seven and one now, and goodness knows. And they're thinking about doing the mRNA in the milk on the in the cows and that will come through in the milk and that's another way to eat probably that'll have disastrous effects you can guarantee it and your animals you know they won't i don't think they'll be doing too well and uh quite a lot of animals they they're all vaxxed up uh and you know they don't live very long do they some of them 
And uh, we, we've got more complaints now since um, with the, all this vaccination, it's supposed to be helping people, but it's actually the worst thing you could ever do is to put um, give your beautiful children, these built, made beautifully in the image of God with nothing wrong with them whatsoever, uh, except for what the mother's given them, you know, uh, through her, if she's been on medication or, you know, alcohol, heaven forbid. That can hurt the baby. So, and then we go, and as soon as they're born, we jab them. The the doctor will jab them with vitamin K, and it's not even vitamin K. You know, it's just a fake vitamin K. And we then we then they're at you, just like you know, just at you, badgering you to get your children fully vaccinated. And Christopher Luxon says, this was before the election. He said that if children if children aren't fully vaccinated, this is childhood vaccines. I'm not talking about COVID. Um, but if they're not fully vaccinated, then the parents should lose their family support. Now, this is this is what he says. He says, "Oh, it's all very well, you know," and that, and it, that flies in the face of the Bill of Rights, which clearly says that we are not, uh, we cannot be forced to take a medical treatment unless we want to, and it's the parents that make that decision, not the state. And we can't be experimented on. But what's happened over COVID? Well, we've been taking medical, been forced to take a medical procedure or we lose our job. And if we lose our job, we lose the wife usually because when poverty walks in the door, love flies out the window. <laughs> it's been my experience. Anyway, um, if you want to get rid of your wife, just, you know, just um, you go and lie on the couch and, <laughs> and don't go to work and they'll soon run out the door. Don't you worry about that. They're only there because you're, you're providing for them. And rightly so. You should be providing for them. That's uh, that's the uh, the whole idea of being a, a, um, a husband is to provide for your wife. You shouldn't be sending her out to work anyway. Uh, it's um, men. Uh, we sh- it's really we take great pride in providing for our wives. Uh, all you know, all five of them. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Okay, now here's Barry Smith. Let's see if it'll work this time. I'll push the. It's the little um, space bar. I'm using a laptop, so if I hit that, that should just that should go. Twenty-three minutes past eight. We'll see you tomorrow morning. I hope you've enjoyed the program. I have. I haven't bored you too much. It didn't work. Try again. Oh, I have to do it. But, uh, see, look, when you want it to work, it won't work. Here we go. I, I think the best place to start probably is the old American dollar. Mm-hmm. On the back of every American dollar, Howard, as you can see here, we have the two seals. And so I did a careful study of this. This is something could never be taught in an American high school. You'd destroy the whole of the American system if they learned what these are. These are witchcraft seals on the back of every American dollar. Uh, you'll see the pyramid with the eye and the triangle and the Latin words and so on. This side, the so-called eagle. And I did a full study on this, which is written up in this book, Better Than Nostradamus. Um, <clears throat> basically, it means this. The pyramid is uh, the symbol of the Illuminati groups or the world government groups who are setting up the one world government right now, as I speak to you in 1980, what is it, 1998. Um, yeah, already. Um, at the top there we have an eye and a triangle. Many people try and tell me that's the eye of God, but we know it's not, as we will show you in a minute. Down the bottom we have a date, 1776, which is the date the Illuminati, a secret society, was inaugurated in Europe, in Bavaria, actually. The Encyclopedia Britannica says, under the auspices of a man called Adam Weishaupt, he was a Jesuit priest who defected and became a Luciferian. And his plan was to put Lucifer on the throne of the world, and the, or Satan. Therefore, we have that Luciferian eye in the triangle. Now, some people, of course, who belong to various societies tell me that's the eye of God, and some religious people say that's the all-seeing eye of God. I say, I will now prove you're wrong. If we look at the Latin words there, annua chapters, it means announcing the birth of, and down the bottom, novus ordo seclorum. A friend of mine from Johannesburg, South Africa, wrote to Oxford University 
and asked them would they give him a translation of the word seclorum. They said that's where we get the word secular, heathenistic, ungodly or godless. The word novus means new, ordo means order of a secular nature. Now let's put that in, in particular in order. <laughs> we have Lucifer, the eye in the triangle, saying, I am announcing the birth of a secular, heathenistic, ungodly, one world government, one world church, one world political system, sorry, and one world economic system. Uh, so then we see that they're setting the whole thing up now. Jimmy Carter called it Global 2000, and George Bush called it New World Order. And now on this side, we have here the so-called American Eagle, and I have a book at home called The Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manley Hall, who's a top Freemason writer, and he tells us that's not an eagle at all, that's a phoenix. Anybody who studies history knows a phoenix is a mystical bird that burns in the fire, and then out of the ashes of that fire, it rises again. That's exactly what is happening. Man's first attempt to set up a world government was the Tower of Babel. God destroyed that, and now in these days in which we are living, we see the new world order emerging, the phoenix rising from the ashes. In his mouth he has a, or in his beak, he has a piece of ribbon, and on the ribbon are written the words, uh, er pluribus unum, which means out of many, one. The original idea was to take the 13 building blocks of America here, which are symbols of the world government, and make them the United States of America. 13 colonies, now United States. Now the plan moves on to the whole world system. The Novus Ordo Seclorum means they're taking all the countries of the world, privatizing them, selling them out, and setting up one global village out of many countries. That's what's happening. Now the interesting thing is, I, I, I spoke this somewhere recently, there was an American in the meeting, he said, I'm shocked. I thought I knew all about this, but you gave me an added piece of information. If any listener or any viewer today takes one of these American dollars and puts it on a transparency, cut it, cut it in half and place that circle on top of that circle, you'll see a mass of occult and Masonic symbolism, cleverly designed in those seals. These are witchcraft seals on the back of the American dollar. Tell us a little bit more about America's involvement here in this uh, secular one world government, because it, you've also touched on the fact that um, people and I've seen Christians actually use that one eye symbol, and it's, it's definitely, they're being misled because I think uh, God wouldn't set up something that was ag against himself. That's the whole point. Mm. I, I had a guy from South Africa arguing with me one day, and he was telling me, look, he said, I've been to America, that's the eye of God. I said, cut it out. I said, why do you think Almighty God would set up a secular, heathenistic, ungodly, one world government? Exactly what you're saying. This is the eye of the enemy. And right throughout history, there has been a desire on behalf of many people. For example, Adam Weishaupt, the uh, leader of the Illuminati. We've had Thomas Jefferson. We've had uh, many of the American presidents have known about this system. And they are in favor of setting up this one world government. George Bush called it a new world order. Jimmy Carter called it Global 2000. And the writer of this particular book tells me that President Clinton will continue the new world order. He is doing exactly that as we will show you during the course of this talk today. Now, these seals, by the way, have not always been on the dollar, Howard. Um, 1933 or something? 1933. Mm -hmm. I was on the Mississippi River one day with some Freemasons who were interested in this subject. They said, we were in your meeting last night. Would you please add a little bit more information on the role of masonry in this? I said, I'd love to. I said, if uh, you check 
Part of the jewellery of the Grand Master is that eye which hangs around his neck in his jewellery, you see. That is called the great architect of the universe, but they don't really know who it is. Mm. But That's it's Lucifer. Secret. It mm. is Lucifer. Now, in Freemasonry, the final secret was outlined to us by a man called Albert Pike. He was the Grand Master of Universal Freemasonry many years ago. And he said these words, That which we must say to the crowd is, we worship a God that one can worship without superstition. To you, Sovereign Inspectors General, we say this, and you may repeat it to the brethren of the 32nd, 31st, and 30th degrees. The Masonic religion should be, by all of us initiates, maintained in the purity of the Luciferian doctrine. If Lucifer were not God, would Adonai, God of the Christians, bother to spread false and harmful statements about him? Yes, Lucifer is God. This is Albert Pike speaking. Mm. And this, is, this is all recorded in, all, in, in secular books too, it's isn't all it? In secular books, and so I've got it all For in here For people to check it out. Better than Nostradamus. Mm -hmm. New in the central Hawke's Bay, the wireless, today's best country.
this don't even feel like life Cause I don't have the only woman who believed in me religiously This is it? This is, this is how you're leaving us? I don't know what you want from me or what you even expect from this me. This wasn't the plan. What do you mean, plan? It wasn't. This was the whole plan. This is all I've planned for. This is all I've worked for my whole life is to do this. And you don't want to go with me. And that's totally fine. But I don't want to stay in this town anymore. I'm so sorry. And I love you so much. But this is what I've wanted to do. I was sitting on a bar stool and a barbecue joint in Tennessee When this old boy walked in and he sat right down next to me I could tell he'd been through some hard times There were tear stains on his old shirt then he said, you want to know what you get When you play a country song backwards You get your house back, you get your dog back You get your best friend Jack back You get your truck back, you get your hair back You get your first and second wives back You're from Fort Swain, you pretty little thing You ring, bling, bling in a diamond ring You get your bar and the bar and the boat and the Harley First night in jail with Charlie It sounds a little crazy a little scattered and absurd But that's what you get When you play a country song backwards Well, I never heard it said quite like that It hit me in the face Cause that's where I'm at I almost fell flat out on the floor He said, wait a minute That's not all, there's even more They get your mind back And your nerves back your first heart attack back, you get your pride back, you get your life back, you get your first real love back, you get your big screen TV, DVD, and a washing machine, you get the pond and the lawn and the bell and the mower. You go back where you don't know where it sounds a little crazy. Takes a couple shots, but had all the effort in the world. Buckoff time here, 7 and 46. The injury update we got earlier this week was Court McFadden was questionable. And after seeing this, questionable if he'd ever want to do this again. I mean, but look at the fight. He knows his team needs him right now. And the young teenager giving it everything he's gotten right there just takes a shot. Ooh, and that's the first one. That one kind of rocks him and sets him on his heels, and then that bull just lifts him up. That could have been a lot worse. All things could. Not much on this bull at this level, only showing one career out. Oh! Hung up as the U.S. Border Patrol Protection Team goes into work and takes a shot there as well. Did you see how quick he just got up? I was going to say, we don't like anything about anything that happened in that from the way the buck off happened to the hang up, but him getting up quickly is the only good to come from that. 
we, we've made a lot of references to other sports already here today, but there is not an athlete alive outside of the sport of bull riding that could have bounced up the way Paulo just did after all of that. Okay, right there. Under stop review, right just looking for the right official buck off right time. Yeah, and you know that that's an afterthought for me right now because watching the way he got hung up and the bullfighters just trying to find an opportunity again. You talk about doors, trying to find just a window, just a tiny crack uh, of opportunity to get in there. Look at that spur. That spur in the left leg gets caught in that bull rope. It's just one of those freak accidents. And there is nothing he can do at this point. He's just at the mercy right there, just hoping it comes out in the in the best position possible so that doesn't happen. Uh, great job by Lucas Teodoro. You saw him reaching up to grab that foot, and that bull was moving so fast that his horns kind of pushed him back, took his opportunity away. Bullfighters doing everything they can. And in true Brady Randolph fashion, nothing comes easy. Brady Randolph has proven over the last two seasons to be one of the absolute toughest men in this league. And he just shows it again, 83 and a half points. But the celebration ensues because he just got the win for the Rattlers here. He did, and as we watch this ride back, not only was this a, a good ride because all the pressure was on the line to give him the win, what I like the most about it is right here when his hand hangs in the rope, he does such a good job of staying on his feet. As a bull rider, you don't just want to lay down and give up. You want to fight for everything you're worth, stay on your feet, Give them bullfighters an opportunity, and then you keep yourself out of danger. If you just lay down, you're going to get stepped on. He did a great job and comes out of this.